Hello and welcome to episode 129 of The Dive Down, a Magic the Gathering podcast focused on the latest decks, trends, and strategies for the casual spike. My name is Stanislav here in Chicago, and with me on the line from Denver, Colorado, it's the one and only Shane Beeps. Shane, you're on the trading floor today? You buying JCPenney stock or what? <laughs> Stanislav, I'm in Chopper 5. I'm looking down at the traffic. We got we have the uh, people at home. You're not going to be able to hear this. We have. I mean, you're not going to be able to see this. We have. Uh, we have new headsets on. One of the, one of the very few things that we have used our hard earned Patreon money in in terms of Patreon equipment because we we wanted to see if Stan could move around like he wants to do <laughs> mm-hmm. and and not have weird audio. And I have now, now. We now we look like a boy band. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it is cool. I like that these headphones have two out put cables right i mean it's, it's basically it's a it's it's a microphone attached to bad headphones that's how you know they're really cool and not some kind of weirdo audio gear is when they have two outputs then you know it's really made for usability well it's not usb it's made it's you know it's, it's xlr dave yeah it's yeah. xlr and a, and, a, and a quarter inch a quarter inch baby got them both if we decide that this doesn't sound as good as you would expect We'll, we will go back to our old setups, but we just wanted to test something I think it sounds, it sounds pretty good. We will take these back to Sweetwater ourselves. Is that the Godfather? The, yeah, that's the Godfather, Dave Harburger. D- Dave just stood up, <laughs> and he was still on the mic. And when Dave's on the mic... So I'm going to step outside and make on myself bikes. an omelet real quick, <laughs> and, and I'll just stay on. It's going to be no big deal. So if you hear any sizzling sounds, you just know it's my good, good dinner <laughs> happening right now. Guys, can I ask you a question? What kind of uh, butter or oil do you use when you make eggs? Carry whatever. What's that? Carry gold? Go- Carry whatever? Yeah. You, you use proper butter. What, uh, yeah, man. I use butter for everything for that. Wait, what do you use? Pam? I use just like a little dot of olive oil. I mean, that's an option. I've been using... We've uh, we switched almost entirely to like vegan butters. Uh, and they and they actually... The, the, the Mikos is really good. I can't talk to you about food anymore. It's <laughs> Just like I don't even want you to participate in these questions because I just I can't believe what's happening. But I also I also made like four pizzas in the last two days and they all had loads of real cheese. Vegan, so it's not like I'm... vegan pizzas. <laughs> no, that's that's a monstrosity. Sorry, vegan friends out there. Yeah, maybe you can use that fake synthetic cheese that they put on pizza in St. Louis. Oh, Provel. Yeah. Is it fried ravioli? At any rate, I'm back from my my secret mission that I was on last week. Yeah, I went on a a mission. With uh, with one one goal in mind, and that was to, oh, oh wait, sorry, hang on a second. Oh, Dave's getting a phone oh, call. This classic bit. Hello. Oh yes, sir. Yes, I'm on the phone with them right now. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them what happened. Yep. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. So that was the president of podcasts calling to uh, to give us a congratulations because you may not know, but I was on a secret mission last week to get our millionth download. That was you. Oh, oh, yeah. That was me. Well, I had to go and secure it and make sure that it was verified. It went in the ledger, <laughs> that it was blockchains <laughs> and all those kind of things. And President Podcast, yeah, President Podcast was there with me. And they're just calling to say thank you for, uh, for our service to the podcast, po- podcast world. And we just want to say thank you to all the listeners because, weirdly, we did actually have our millionth download of the Dive Down last week. Dave, I already forgot that happened. I know. I can't believe it. I've moved on to two million. I, I have a question. You know how you never forget where you are during a big event? Uh, where were you when uh, we got our millionth download? My sofa. I was asleep, and then I realized Shane put a <laughs> put a picture of it in the chat. Yeah. Can I tell you where I was? Please. I was at a bar, and I was checking my phone every couple hours because we get 
the numbers refreshed every like two hours on our podcast service. Yeah. And when the number came in that it was a million, I put up my phone and and shouted to the bar that my podcast just had its million <laughs> download and the and the bar cheered for me. Really? Oh, man. Yeah. Did they buy you around? <laughs> Sorta. What bar were you at? Can we give them a plug? I was at the Marquee Lounge ah. on on, uh, on Halstead. It's like Halstead and Armitage, I want to say. Very nice. Yeah, Marquee Lounge. Thank you so much, Marquee Lounge, for supporting. Well known as President Podcast's favorite bar, Marquee Lounge in Chicago. Anyway, we, we didn't talk about bring this up to like pat ourselves on the back. We just wanted to say thank you to everybody for helping us get to this absurd milestone that we never, ever even conceived that would be possible when we started no, the podcast two and a half ish years ago. And it was, I thought it was interestingly appropriate that it was an episode that I wasn't on mm-hmm. and also an, an episode that was about the second half of the modern horizons to set review. Mm-hmm. Very uh, prescient timing. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks to all the, the patrons, everyone who's uh, supported us. Uh, I mean, I do have to, I do, especially, I do want to thank my wife, um, <laughs> long suffering, <laughs> wife of mine That's a good uh, point. the early part of doing this was definitely a lot of work <laughs> she she just peeked her head in on yeah. camera uh yeah so thanks uh, thanks to all the significant others out there and uh, all the patrons and yeah all the people who have supported us and guests you know all the guests we've had you know i mean it, we haven't won an award or anything here but i just i definitely it's it's been an awesome two and a half years and i want to thank everyone who's been a part of that Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome, Shane. We're going to cut half of that out, out of the actual episode, but but not the Skype sound. All right. Now that the congratulations are over, on this week's episode, we admire an ever-growing modern format and go through last Friday's Modern League 5.0 deck dump listicle of record to chat about new decks and technology showing up from Modern Horizons 2. We also tested out a bunch of different decks ourselves, so we're going to cover some of our own experiences exploring the format. It's going to be one big breakdown, Stu Gaspacho episode. Yeah, we've never tried this format. I'm kind of hyped to to test this out. There, there's a lot of new decks here. Um, there's a lot of new stuff. There's a lot of new cards. Uh, wait and see how this falls out. We might be like, well, there's 25 more decks we didn't get to. Good luck. Read them yourselves, friends. But... You know, I think I think there's a lot of new cool tech out there. There's a lot of Modern Horizons two cards being played in general. So I think it's just a great way for us to talk about decks and talk about how the cards are informing new and old decks. Before all that though, let's housekeep for a second. Shout out to the newest patrons to join the Dive Down Nation, Grokatal and Alex H. Thank you so much. Also we have a new review. Oh, I didn't look at it yet. I usually look for the reviews. Uh, it, it's a very interesting username. I'm sure it's someone who's had a Apple iTunes account for a very long time. Their name was Unban Opal. <laughs> we can't endorse that here, so please reject this review. If you if you made an Apple iPad or an Apple Podcast account just to leave us a review, thank you. And if not, also thanks for taking the time to do that, Unban Opal and everyone else. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us over on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/TheDiveDown. All one word. You can also support the show while playing Magic Online. Test out these new Modern Horizons 2 cards yourself over on Mana Traders with coupon code THEDIVEDOWN2021. All one word. Get 15% off your first two months. And from a personal note, we can see all these people who have been signing up lately. And we are so grateful that you use our coupon code. It actually, it goes a long way for us. And we thank you 
Thank you very much. Yeah, is it going to support me getting a few more Modern Horizons 2 cards? Speaking of. Ooh. Oh, I know that sound. I know that sound. Dave, Dave's about Y'all, to crack a pack. Dave, Dave, is that a golden ticket? <laughs> do I have to do a jig now? Um, have you all opened many of these packs? Stan, I think Zero. you had some cards, right? Yeah, I opened a, a set booster box and a pre-release pack. Amazing. How'd it, it go? It went really well. <laughs> mm. I'm so jealous of y'all. I mean, I haven't. I have two set review set boxes, set booster boxes coming from an online store. I'm just. I mean, I guess that they're not stripped on me yet. Well, I am part way through a pre-release kit that I picked up today from the lovely Dice Jojo in Chicago, and mm. my rares that I've opened so far include Sylvan Anthem and Rise and Shine, Profane oh, Tutor, man. and Garth One Eye. So. Not great so far. We'll see what Sorry, happens. Bud. Yeah. Damn, you know. Our uh, the the Patreon opens the the peep the Slack opens have been absurd. So many good boxes. Boxes are good. That's what made me thrilled to go out and get one. But you know what? I'm so bad at cracking packs that I would not be surprised if it's uh, just all Garth One Eyes for me all the way down. That's I'm little- dreading opening mine. Dreading. <laughs> Don't do it. I have a I have a lot of bad boxes. Just keep it in your closet forever. That's, I might. Shame, remember when you opened that box of Modern modern uh, Masters 17 and there was one fetch land in it and nothing else? Yeah, yeah. there's literally one fetch land uh, and nothing else of value. Damn. I opened four fetch lands. Well, good for you, bud, my dude. On this week's episode, we're just going to talk about all the cards I opened in my one box. (laughs) But before all that, let's jump into the dive down. This episode is powered by both the 5.0 deck dump and a spreadsheet that we made. Yeah, we got a spreadsheet. We got a. I, I have both the Magic Online League page and the Goldfish League page, just in case I need to jump into another thing. So there's so much to look at right now. So I'm thinking maybe the way we structure this before we actually start going deck by deck and really calling out new iterations on old strategies, new strategies that are emerging, new cards that people are testing with. Do we want to go through some of these quick stats to provide some high-level yeah. pictures? Yeah, I think that's a really good idea because we did spend the time to do these counts. <laughs> and it was more than a control F, I'll tell you what. Um, I think what's important about this, though, is that these aren't frequency counts because I mean, you probably know this. Most people know this. But for a deck to be in a deck dump, it has to be significantly different enough, like 15 cards-ish or something like that, for it to be automatically sort of categorized as a new deck. So uh, you, if the deck is similar enough, then it's not going to show up as a separate deck in the dump. So there might be you know 100 decks with a certain card, but it might only count 10 of them because you know 90 of them were the same deck or something like that. So you know, bear with us. It's just kind of an idea of different enough decks that cards are finding homes in, which I think is interesting enough too, just because it's like, hey, this card has broad utility. It's in a lot of different decks uh, that might be similar or it might be you know, wildly different. So I think with the first thing we should look at is, is the new cards, the Modern Horizons 2 cards. And let's look at the frequency count. How many of these 99 decks that are in the deck dump <laughs> did, did these appear in? Um, it's the dive down hot 99. That's a big deck dump, 99. Yeah, I mean, there, I think I remember there's been, it's always this way, right? With like, you know, like 100 plus-ish, I think maybe last week or something like that. And it's already sort of whittling down a little bit. But yeah, 99 is buck. Okay, the, the, the number one card from Modern Horizons 2 that I could catch, at least, was Solitude. 18 decks uh, had it anywhere from 4 to 1 in the main. A few had some sideboard ones along with being in the main. Uh, 11 of those were ephemerate decks. And Stan, you did some nice work 
looking at the archetypes of which Solitude appeared in, right? I did. And, you know, the set is new. Maybe we should, as a courtesy, just acknowledge what these cards are, just in case people are still learning them. Solitude is the white pitch elemental. It's the one that has the Swords of Plowshares effect. Oh, yeah, thank you. Two Plowshares. Sure. 18 Solitude decks. 11 of them were Ephemerate decks, which I think is going to be a card that we'll talk about a lot today is Ephemerate. But some of the archetypes that were running Solitude include Black-White Ephemerate Stoneblade, Blue-White Stoneblade with and without Ephemerate. Also, just like regular Blue-White Control, there was a Blue-White Control deck that also had Urza, the four-mana Urza. I saw Bant Ephemerate and Soul Herder deck, so kind of the, the deck dive we had done in the past. Black-White Ephemerate decks, as well as Black-White Reanimator decks, as well as Black-White Reanimator decks that also had Ephemerate. Mm-hmm. There's Esper Blink Blade decks, Abzan Ephemerate decks, <laughs> Black White Shadow. Yeah, it's just a good card. It's a good card in white, which, uh, you know, people used to say Modern didn't have those, and now it has more than a few. Yeah, I'll say, I think given the tenor on social media this weekend, surprised that this is the number one card on our list because I think it's tied for the card that everybody else kind of acknowledges is the Runaway Breakout card out of the set. Yeah. Am I right or am I right? Which one are you talking about, Dave? I am talking about Urza's Saga, which is also in 18 decks in this dump. Is that right, Stan? That looks correct. Urza's Saga is, of course, that land that is also an enchantment saga. And this one is a little different from um, Solitude because Solitude seems to appear in a lot of similar style decks. We see a lot of Ephemerate, Blinky, sure. Control, Stoneblade-ish variants. Ursa Saga was used in all different types of strategies. We have the Asmore Cookbook and Cat Oven deck. We saw it in Lantern Control. I think there were two Lantern Control lists in the deck dump. Mm-hmm. Affinity, a Hardened Scales deck, an Asmore plus Urza Control deck, uh, that Azorius Urza Control deck I was mentioning earlier. Mono Blue Tron, Mono Green Tron. I did not see it in the Green Tron. Maybe I wasn't looking closely enough. Got to look closer, Shane. Amulet Titan, which is a deck that people are talking a lot about lately as one that abuses Urza Saga in particular. Hammer Time was running it. Even Food Gak. Food Gak. Just everywhere, this card. People are up in arms about how good this card is and how easy it is to play. But one thing that I think is cool to see is that it has put a real revitalization into artifact based payoff decks that have kind of been dead since ever since uh, Mox Opal was banned. Hmm. Who knows if that's good for the format forever, but seeing Affinity come back and Lantern Control come back and Hardened Scales come back and a little bit of Urza come back, I think is all stuff that has been probably heartening for a certain subset of people that listen to our show and just love modern in general. So I say good for you all until I have to play you. Then we'll see. Yeah, I think we have a lot more to talk about in terms of Urza Saga perhaps a little bit later. I think it's not a, it's definitely a hot button topic. It's uh, worth talking about. Let's, because we have so many decks, I think we should, let's talk about, let's just go through this 15 counter spell, 12 Cauldra complete, uh, the new Stoneforge mystic friend, 11 Dothy Voidwalker. I may have mentioned that I thought this car was bonkers. Uh, We had seven, which weird, what's weird for me though, is seven of these were in the sideboard. So it's basically playing it as like kind of a walking, Ley line of the void. Only four decks had it in the main. I'm curious if that ratio will change over time. Ten grief. Grief was perhaps the most 
uh, hyped card. Mm-hmm. Most card, the card that people are most afraid of, perhaps maybe besides Urza Saga, I think, you know, because Urza Saga was so early, people kind of forgot about it. And they were talking about things like grief. Seven of those grief decks were ephemerate decks, which is kind of the wombo combo that everyone is very afraid of. Um, or, or I think maybe it's more fair to say that they were, this was attempting to take advantage of Ephemerate as an option. Because I did notice some decks where it was like, okay, this deck's throwing Ephemerate in for perhaps some Stoneforge value, for perhaps some Grief combo value, but it's not like a blink deck. Uh, and so, But I think that people are testing this. They want to see how good is this combo. Dave, you just opened one of these. Nine Shardless Agents. I did just open one. Shardless is being is seeing play in tons of decks. It's just it's it's just good, I guess, or it's good right now. We've got Living End, Domain the Domain Zoo decks, Glimpse the Glimpse of Tomorrow combo ish style decks, Teamer Footfalls Cascade decks, uh, four color Footfalls. Even uh, I saw it being tested as a four of Inhumans. So Shardless Agent uh, value card. What else do we got, gentlemen? Well, we have the card that I completely whiffed on in our set review with Everett, Prismatic Ending, with nine different decks playing it. Surprise, surprise. Ragavan, hype hype card itself, yeah. was in eight decks, including Mono Red Obosh, Domain Zoo, Obosh Ponza, Rakdos Shadow, Rakdos Midrange, Grixis Shadow, Is It Prowess, Endurance was in seven decks. Asmo, Stan, say it for me. Stan's got it, not me. <laughs> I need to I need to see it to say it, but I think I can okay. actually do it from memory now. Is it Asmore, Anamar, Decay, Daystanak, Uldakar? That's really good, Stan. Seems seems fine to me. Six decks with, with Asmo, six decks with Dragon's Rage Channeler, six with Subtlety, six with Yavimaya, Cradle of Growth. Why don't we cut it there for a second? Yeah, let's do it. Cards that are clearly uh, making an impact. I mean, the Asmo decks have been all over the place. People have been loving Bruin with Dragon's Rage Channeler. That Surveil is so good. Yeah, uh, I'm curious if I'll be eating my words on DRC. Like, I think people, I think, here's here's the main thing. I think it's going to be in decks that I was not suspecting or that decks that are designed to take advantage of it and it's not going to be like the normal kind of red card. But I'm, I'm curious at, at how long it will be sticking around as a, I'm, I'm working to get Delirium enabled early type thing or if that's just kind of a consequence of playing modern these days. I think the... The first line of text that it surveils whenever you cast any non-creature spell, and that includes Bobble in addition to instants and sorceries. Yeah, I think is the kind of the thing that really pushes this deck into insane value because it lets you filter your draws while sometimes playing cantrip effects. I actually think this card is kind of here to stay. Surveil is really powerful, especially when you can repeat it like this. So yeah, especially if you can toss it into a Luris deck as well. It's in a lot of different kinds of decks, which I think is cool. So we'll talk about those as we go through the list. Um, we don't think we need to read like these five, four, threes, and twos. There's some stuff that's surprising me in how little it was seeing play. Like uh, one of the ones that I'm most surprised by was Suspend. I mean, I'm not actually surprised by this because I don't think Suspend is that good. Only three decks were running Suspend, which seems kind of like a card that could be played fairly ubiquitously in a lot of blue decks. Only three Imperial Recruiter decks which is a little bit of a surprise because I think Imperial Recruiter was sort of seen as like a widely uh, usable uh, red human in a lot of different sort of tutor-up style decks. Only two General Ferris and one Blood Braid, Marauder. Uh, I think some people thought this card had more legs. It maybe does have more legs. I think it's maybe harder to use than some of the other cards and also a little bit less exciting 
for certain people out there. I think we should let's briefly hit these random. Like I, I noticed some old cards that we're seeing maybe a little bit of a resurgence. Like Stoneforge was in nineteen decks. Twelve Whoa. of them playing only twelve of them playing Cauldra. I think that's too few. <laughs> I think it, I think it might need to be nineteen. Mm. Seventeen decks with Luris. Fourteen with Leyline. Thirteen with Teferi. Three eight Yorian. There's also eleven Ephemerate decks. Oh, thank you. For, that's fewer than it seemed. I felt like everything had Ephemerate for when sure I was through that list. Leliana. Seven Liliana decks. Is she back? Maybe. It's nice to get stuff in your graveyard sometimes. Y'all, have you noticed Malakir Rebirth? Yeah, in my draft chaff pile. Seven Malakir Rebirth. That is one of the flippy lands from uh, Rise of Zendikar or whatever, Zendikar Rising. And it basically, what, it rebuys a creature out of your graveyard? Single black instant. Choose target creature. You lose two life until end of turn. That creature gains when it dies. Return to the battlefield tapped under its opponent's control. Or under its owner's control. This just has to do with the pitch cards, doesn't it? Isn't this just another way to to get a, a low opportunity cost card to keep subtlety around or keep grief around or keep uh whatever around oh good call right it, it has a similar effect as ephemerate where if you do grief on turn one with if you have a single black mana you can malachir rebirth it back to the battlefield immediately get two cards out of your opponent's hand yeah and you keep the creature all right final quick hit stats only 12 of the 99 decks had no Modern Horizons 2 cards. I think it's actually 11. I found one, that one, the, the green Tron one that Stan mentioned. So what, it's, it's like... Uh, that would be no, one ninth. 12%? One ninth. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's like 11%. Yeah. 11% of the decks, no new cards. That is pretty impressive. That modern, I mean, we knew this would have a huge impact, Modern Horizons 2, and, it, and so far, it looks like it. Four of the top 10 creatures were from Horizons 2. That is a big impact for me, in my opinion. Solitude, grief, Charlotte's agent, and Ragavan are four of the four of the top ten creatures played in this dump. Solitude was the fifth most played card overall, and the impact of all these graveyard strategies made Leyline of the Void the seventh most card, seventh most played card. It was certainly everywhere when I was playing last night. So, and I had it too. Everybody's Leylining. Solitude was the only MH two deck in the top ten most played cards as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's. That doesn't surprise me. What I think is interesting is like, I think the biggest things that we noticed in Horizons 2, and perhaps we can talk about this at the end of the episode, which we won't have time for, but um, I feel like we got a lot of spell, like creatures as spells. Like, you know, it kind of continued the, the modern, the contemporary magic design of all of your creatures are also spells type thing, very quite literally with these evoke ones. Totally. So when we look at this Goldfish data, among the top creatures, as you put it, four are MH2, but among top non-creature spells, none are from MH2. And that strikes me as kind of the impact of the format, at least in the first week or two, where these creatures are crazy pushed and they have really powerful effects, but we're not seeing really significant instance or sorceries coming out of this spells set. Are, Stan, spells are boring. Creatures are where it's at. They do turn sideways, unless they have Vigilance, the worst ability. That's right, because you don't get to turn it sideways. You don't get to turn lightning bolt sideways. <laughs> tap to sack seal of lightning bolts. Fun. I would play that card. Okay. That's a lot of numbers and stats. I want to talk about some actual decks so that we can start Please. sharing God. sharing some input into what we played with. Um, I'm mad that I wrote a lot of those numbers because now I'm like, those were boring. <laughs> Let's talk about decks. What is this, the numbers episode? Here's a, an interesting MTGO player, the first person in the 5-0 dump. I'm not sure if y'all have heard of him uh, or them. Rather, it's 
canister huh that's the weird way to spell can canister canister yeah it's canister i used to like to download metallica from canister <laughs> i'm sure people have made that joke about him a zillion times so just or them a zillion times so just go on and go on so canister is playing an asmore Animar, decay days to neck uldacard deck with karn it also has the whole witch's oven combo in addition to oval chase daredevil yeah i mean here's what this is right this is mono black food like that's what this deck is really, right? Like it's it's sure it's taking the engine that everybody was messing around with in Jund and messing around with in Rakdos and messing around with in Golgari and said, you know, I'm gonna do I'm gonna play Bloodgast to use that as a sa- as something that I can sack to my oven as well and maybe kill you with Bloodgast later. But it's it's mono black food and it's a pretty interesting take on the deck, I think, as well. Yeah, the most interesting thing for me at least is like this has an infinite turn combo. Like this is the only Asmo deck running Karn the Great Creator. Oh, okay, okay, in this whole list. Yeah. Uh, Karn, Karn can get Time Sieve. Time Sieve is a blue and a black. This actually has Demir, access to Demir mana. None of the main is needed. Time Sieve is blue and a black for an artifact that when you, t- you can tap it to sacrifice five artifacts, take an extra turn after this one. If you have certain board states... Uh, such as two cookbooks, an Oval Chase Daredevil, and let's say an Academy Manufacturer. Mm-hmm. You are making uh, six artifacts very quickly. So you can create board states that give you infinite turns, which will win you the game, typically. Whoa, I totally missed that when I was looking at this list. I just thought maybe this was like a good, like, svelte kind of version of this idea, but that, that adds a whole different dimension to it. I will give you one guess who told me about that combo. And it might be a Mickey S. Yeah, thanks, Mickey S. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the this is an appropriate deck for us to start with, right? Because it has four Esmo. It's got four Underworld Cookbook in it. It's got four Urza's Saga in it. It's got four Academy Manufacturer, which is a card that I think a lot of people overlooked a little bit when we were going through spoiler season. A little bit overlooked. So it's got a lot of the kind of I- iconic cards or the cards that made the first waves in, in this first week. We're all here together. Yeah, these are good cards. Um, it's good deck. Probably we'll see if this is the one that keeps living. Uh, but let's move on. What do we got next? MKC playing Living End. Pretty standard cycling Living End deck, and their only new card was Grief. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of Living End variants. Well, four. Four different Living End variants, which tells you about how much Living End was probably being played in the leagues when you had four different Living End variants showing up in this list. So yeah, we'll talk about those in a minute. Up next, Kinister. Again, on a, he uh, is on one of the Lantern Control variants, also running for Urza Saga, because guess what? Free artifacts can be good. So yeah, all it really took for Lantern Control to come back was for Canister to pilot it and for Urza Saga to exist. Right. Also, interestingly, one copy of Underworld Cookbook, no copies of Asmore. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. deck is just not trying to do that. Like, it's probably just using using it uh, underworld cookbook as an engine to make tokens or maybe buy life or things like that like i think underworld yeah, especially you can you can fetch it with were exactly we can fetch it with where you can also fetch it with Urza saga more more <laughs> oh, yeah. importantly Forgot about that as well so you do get to toolbox it a little bit mm-hmm. with with this type of thing you get to go get pirate spellbound if you want you get to go get pithing needle misha's bobble lantern of insight so many cards in this in this deck are one or zero mana to go get with your Urza Saga for whatever lock piece you need for the moment you are 
in. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. You, you know what's funny is you like forgot about the, saga the most important part of Versus Saga. Yeah, like yeah, I mean honestly, it's like the making a ton of constructs in an artifact based deck is like good enough. And then right. oh, there's also the tutoring element. Yeah. Also, it's like, oh, I, well, let me go get my lantern because I'm ready to lock you out and kill you with two eight eights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so everything in this artifact package can be fetched by Saga except for the Singleton Witchbane Orb. That's right. Amazing. Up next, Blindside 09. So this is a deck that I was really hoping was going to make a comeback, not because I love the deck, but because I think that it was it's a classic modern deck that got hurt by Mox Opal getting banned, and that is... Affinity. You just love Frogmite, Dave. And it's got it's got Affinity cards in it now. It didn't use when you were playing Affinity. It didn't even have Affinity cards, and it was You're just right, like it, it was just artifact aggro. It was like Opal artifact aggro, and now we have Frogmite in Affinity. We've got Thought Monitor, which is a card that I thought was going to make some impact, uh, and I didn't get to talk too much about last week because I wasn't on the episode. But turns out that. Casting a 2-2 flyer for one mana that draws you two cards is pretty good in a deck where you're trying to beat down. And then it also has a Nettle Cyst in the deck as well, which I think is a nice nice card to have around uh, as an extra cranial plating. Yeah, I feel like we kind of we, we kind of were like, well, Nettle Cyst is no batter skull or something like that. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know if we were that harsh on it, but it's it's nice to have another you know another effect like that, like a cranial plating. I played a version of Affinity to prepare for this episode. Not this specific version. I'll get into it once we get to that deck. But I was definitely cold on Thought Monitor before I played the deck. And in our set review, I thought it might be hard to actually get it to be a one or two mana spell. And yeah. it wasn't that hard, guys. Yeah, I mean, like like I think we talked about is like, if your deck's doing what it's supposed to do, then Thought Monitor is going to be great. And if it's not doing what it's supposed to do, then you're going to lose anyway. More on that later. Anything else in this deck that you guys wanted to touch on? I mean, there's four Urza Saga, but we knew that. I still want to spend 15 minutes talking about it. Is that okay or no? Okay, up next, we got a Is It Blitz deck. Uh, nothing new in there, so I apologize. We're just going to skip it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Perfect. I mean, yeah, it's just there's nothing new in here at all. Maybe they were just, you know, maybe it's just an old, they, they had a league still going. They were like, Is It Blitz is still good enough to get a 5-0. Commandos, 900. Mm-hmm. Obosh, Red. So far, so good. Not that much new. Only thing new is, what, one Ragavan. They're like, look, I can't commit that hard to the most hyped card, perhaps, in the whole set in my mono red deck. And uh, two Fury. They like Fury more than they like I think Ragavan, it's a lot better perhaps. than I thought. That's really about I, it, right? And I, we might talk about this later, because I played it in I think it's Hollow better than Vine I thought. deck. They were in the side. There were two in the sideboard. Oh, I didn't have one in mine. And uh, I got to do some sweet stuff where, like, I cleared my opponent's board one turn with it, attacked in. They played Lingering Souls actually to uh, to try to block me, and then I used the activated I used the activated ability of Underworld Cookbook to get Fury back and recast it again the next turn to clear their board again and kill them. That's funny. Pretty good. Two of the Fury decks on here are Obosh decks. And thinking of this as a six damage first strike or something, it, it hits in for 12 damage, I think, if it it's connects a double strike, with yeah. an Obosh, that's huge. And likewise, if you have Obosh out, all of the pinging it does to the board when it enters is doubled as well. So you can do oh, as much as spicy. eight damage to a single creature if you play Fury with an Obosh out. Here, here's my issue. Like, I don't think, I think that this deck has 
opportunity here. Um, this is not how I would design this. Like, it seems like why not have some like Dragon's Raid channeler? Like, you can toss Blood Moon to surveil, right? Like, you can maybe even add some tar fires here. Like, I think it would be pretty straightforward to maybe like increase your Ragavans, increase some Dragon Raids challenger. It's surprise. I mean, like, of course, this is the card I said is overrated, mm-hmm. but I can see it having space in this deck. All right, up next we got Easton MD twenty one playing Orzov Stoneblade Blink. All right, here's our first chance to talk about Prismatic Ending. They were running the full playset. Yeah, this is also a Solitude deck, of course. The full playset mm-hmm. as well, and because it's a Stoneblade deck, why not throw in a Cauldra Complete in there? And for Vindicate. Yeah, don't forget Vindicate, I was going to say, and also don't forget that there's three dam in the sideboard as well. This this deck has a lot of pieces from Modern Horizons 2 in it. Yeah, this is like the first of many of these styles of decks that we have in this dump. And there's like six variants of this deck that says something about, like I think, both the power and the customizability, the, the, the tinker ability, the tweak ability of this deck. I also wonder if Solitude is just a great creature to carry a sword. Often these decks are running like Sword of Fire and Ice, and it's just swinging in. It's a 3-2 lifelinker with a sword. It's swinging in for five. I mean, I think it's probably not its primary use, but it's great for a, a long game deck like this. Like, I mean, this is also the first time I think we can talk about the Batter Skull Caldera Complete duo. Mm-hmm. Right, and I did not play with or even against a deck with these this week. But I think something that I, I heard brought up in a different pod, I think, and I, I wanted just to sort of pair it here because I think it makes a lot of sense. Is by playing Batterskull and Cauldra, you get access to both an aggressive game if you need it, or a defensive game when you need it. Like Cauldra lets you put a clock. Like you, you never had a a, a a living weapon like this to use with with. Uh, Stoneforge Mystic, because even Battery Skull was not exactly the fastest thing in the world. Calder Complete comes down, you know, it's it's a it's a five five haster. You know what I mean? Like you're you're putting a clock on an opponent that's trying to combo you out, maybe like a Titan style deck. Like you're getting you're getting damage in f- much faster than you did with the Battery Skull. But then if you need Battery Skull for your defense, for your vigilance, lifelink, you've got that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's like being able to fetch for a reality smasher. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's like, it's like, okay, sure, here we go. I, I, I played against this deck a couple of times last night, or decks like this a couple of times last night, and was I was pretty impressed with Culture Complete. When they first went for it, I was like, ah, I think I can do this. But, I mean, it also has Indestructible, mm-hmm. which yeah, is what? like absurd. Why does it have Indestructible? It's a bonkers like, What card. am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, it, it really is a pretty pretty wild card because what are you supposed to do with it you can't really uh, it has trample so you have to like block it with a bigger creature then you lose your creature if you bounce it they can just re drop it with stoneforge again it has haste so they don't really lose that much tempo from from bouncing it so it's it's powerful the only, really the only thing you do is try to outrace it and so um that's where you're at sometimes. well you can get rid of the germ Right. Bouncing the Cauldra Complete itself is tough. Oh, you can bounce the germ. Yeah, that's a great point. You bounce the germ and then and then it's it's exactly. So that is more effective than I thought in my I wasn't playing a deck that had bounce, so I couldn't have done it. Right. You can also just upbraid the complete, right? You can any artifact that's indestructible. It has indestructible and it gives the creature it's equipped to indestructible. Oh, okay. So you can't you can't do Oh either. yeah, this is yeah. amazing. Oh yeah, it's bonkers, my yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> that was what I was thinking I was gonna do. Was I was like, Oh, I have Inget Chewer in my sideboard, I'll just hit the complete because it doesn't have indestructible itself, but it does. Yeah, and so like it, it turns Stoneforge Mystic even into more of a must kill threat than I think she usually mm-hmm. is. 
and which is not something that I think that Stoneforge Mystic decks really needed, but sure, why not? Spell Snare looking good. Up next, uh, Mastahorus on Electro Living End. I think the only thing that is Counterspell on the side. There's a lot of other uh, decks like this I think we have to talk about with new cards. So let's move on up to Reflex. How about the next one? That's oh, also weird. Living End. Uh, living End as and well. This, this, this yeah. is our Shardless Agent version. So the reason this works, y'all, is the only thing Shardless Agent can uh, cascade into is Living End. Because everything else is is too high, so this then it gives it the option to either violent outburst or to shardless agent, and living end is seemingly doing pretty darn well. It also yeah, gets, I'm not enough of a connoisseur of these kind of decks to know why you would choose living at the shardless version over the one that plays um, violent outburst and also the. I guess the main thing is you don't want to play demonic dread because that targets and. Shardless Agent does not target to come into play. So you still get your eight Cascade effects in the Shardless version. Yeah. You don't have to play Demonic Dread, which is kind of like what we talked about back in the old Tybalt days. Yeah. Maybe that does make this version just better enough, but um, just enough. Living End's always been around. I think right now, too, Living End is just like the kind of combo deck that doesn't rely on the graveyard in that weird way. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. like you, you, need, you need your graveyard at some point, but like casting Living End sort of gets around some of the graveyard hate that exists out there. Like it can get around Graft Digger's Cage and things like that. I'm into it. Up next, we've got Gracias Portanto with Azorius Stoneblade Control. A lot of new cards here for Solitude. For Subtlety, which is the blue element, pitch elemental. Two, two Subtlety. Two Subtlety. Yeah, for what it's worth. Not, not a full you. place out of those. Four Prismatic Ending, four Counterspell. Three Sanctifier on Vec in the side and a Cauldra Complete to complete the... Yeah, this is this is just basically what our new like Azorius Stoneblade control deck just upgraded. Yeah, I mean, the big thing here is we're maxing out on zero mana interaction so that we can play Stoneforge under less cover than maybe we would have before right? Like we can be a little more aggressive with playing some of our payoffs because we have ways to uh, protect them with no mana. And there you go. It's just another take on it from what the black white deck was doing. I feel like I need to, anyone who owns a Stoneforge package should just buy culture complete. Oh yeah. You, you have to. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of the surest things we've seen from the early results of post modern horizons to modern is that this, this card is very real. I mean, I don't think anyone thought it wasn't real. I think the thing is, if people respond to it and they're like, well, I've got to be able to handle Stoneforge Mystic more reliably, I don't know what they would bring in to do that. Or if they bring in maybe more bounce effects or something like that to handle Cauldra or to handle the germ, like you mentioned, Stan, because the re-equip of cost is seven. That's a lot. So That's true. We'll see what happens. But yeah, for sure, Cauldra Complete, legitimate card. All right, a couple decks we can skip. We've got Is It Storm? We've got Esper Control. Esper Control. We'll, we'll skip Neto and Kingerick. Thank you for for your five O's, but <laughs> onward. Two, Updraft Elemental. Yeah, what's this one? This is Mono Green Scales. So this is a deck that we've talked about a couple different times. You mentioned it last week, I think. Yeah, we talked about we talked about Dom Harvey's win with it. Yeah. So Shane, you played scales. I did not. I think I think I think Stan did, actually. So Stan, you've played scales. I didn't I did not. Dave, I thought that was you. No one played scales. That's fine. So Yamakiller, you've played scales before. Yeah, he's here. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, that was me this whole time. 
Yeah, so none of I mean, I don't think any of us are good at, good enough at basic math to be good at scale. This is this is a well, I think more importantly, if you want to hear what scales, it's basically the same deck as last week. This is a little bit cleaned up, a little bit simpler at least. I don't know if it's cleaner. Uh, it has more Akbaran creatures with modular. It has fewer artifacts. It only has a singleton Ozolith, four Throne of Geth. It's got three copies of Arcbound Mouser, which I don't think appeared in last week's winning deck. It did not. And that's that one mana lifelink modular one cat. And so this pushes the mana a little bit more into white. Um, it's got the Power Depot, which does ETB tapped. Not great, but it has you know uh, Razor Verge Thicket, which is the Selesnia Fastland. It's got some classic brush lands back from the, like, what, uh, Selesnia Eldrazi mm-hmm. days to, mm-hmm. to come back. So, cool deck. And, of course, it has four Ursus Saga. <laughs> Don't forget that. Oh, yeah, Powered by it. the power of Ursus Saga, which can get you every creature in the creature package except for Arcbound Ravager. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, deck. This deck seems like it's back, so I'm happy that it's giving people who like that style deck to play. Up next, Distant Hamster with Green Black Elves running... A playset of Kyrian Ranger. But what did it take out, Stan? It took out. F- what did it take out? It took out, out four Llanowar Elves. So it's just. Brutal. What? It has the four Kyrian and it has four Elvish Mystic. And of course, it's got Archdruid to make mana and it's got Heritage. Uh, ex- excuse me. Stan, if you were going to pick one, are you keeping Elvish Mystic over Llanowar Elves? Like, what, is it, what are we even doing here? Dave, I know we don't usually use bad words in the podcast, but no chance in heck am I keeping. That's right. Elvish Mystic or Llanowar Elves. I, they also had two Yavimaya Cradle of Growth, which is nice. I haven't had a chance to play any Elf decks yet. That's something we're going to try to do in time for next week's episode, just because there's a couple Elf decks here. They're all running the playset of Kyrian and some other new cards that we'll get to in a minute. I want to see if this can hang. Lava Dart seems to be on the downswing. Maybe Elves has a little bit of um, some clearance now. What, what do you think... For those of us who don't know, so Kyrian Ranger is a card from Visions. It's a 1-1 for a green. It says, return a forest you control to its owner's hand. Untap target creature. Activate only once each turn. Stan, what am I using this card to do? Make mana. It lets you keep more one-landers. It lets you um, do more tricks with um, some of your elves. <laughs> okay. I like it. Like Elvish Archdruid, for example, lets you untap it to do double the mana, things like that. Exactly. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's a staple in the legacy version of Elves, and now it just lets you basically get to critical mass a little bit quicker. If you have something like Realm Walker and Elvish Archdruid, and you run really hot, you can just end up casting like three, four more creatures easily without a collected company. That's awesome. Seems good. Okay. QB Turtle. Boros burn. Yeah, I think the, the only thing new, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing worth talking about is perhaps no flame rift, but I'm I'm not surprised by that necessarily. I don't think flame rift is a burn card. Well, I think people thought it was, but I agree. I think that it, I think modern is a game of small life total edges sometimes, and I don't know if you can hit yourself four just to like be like, look, I have more two mana four damage. That's interesting. I always thought that modern was a game of chance. I mean that too. That's magic. Okay, underscore logic underscore with a 5-0 here with a Zorius Blink with Yorian deck featuring Solitude, of course. And then we have Sanctifier and Vec and Sanctum Prelate in the side for a little bit of stuff there. Yeah, I mean, anything that 
we can legitimately say about this besides like it's a Azorius Blink deck. It's just it, it, these are like bigger versions of some of the other decks that we saw in a way, right? You, you try to get all the way up to Yorian, so you have the giant deck. Um, yeah, you have all these things that pay you off for, for flipping them when Yorian comes into play, but also you get to use your Flicker Wisps and your Ephemerates and things like that in a similar way if you want to. Yeah, just value. Yeah, you, you can also, if you have Aether Vial with three counters on it, you can cheat in your Solitude and then Vial in a Glass Pool Mimic to double removal your opponents while keeping a Solitude around. Ooh, Oh, like with with the with the solitude on the stack type thing. With the solitude triggers on the stack, yeah, beautiful. Um, I I ha- I did notice four spreading seas in the sideboard, which I think is uh, tech people are starting to notice as ways to blow up Urza Saga because when you when you do stuff like spreading seas or blood moon or things like that uh, or tide binder, or I guess I think isn't was that one of the ones that does the spreading seas effect? Like that just blows up Urza Saga, so. Whammy. Yeah, Blood Moon does too, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. A little bit slower. All right, next up. Spellvine. Spellvine. Is it Blitz? Hey, I get to talk about this Is it Blitz for a second, huh? Please do. Yeah, do it. It's got new cards. So these are the cards that I was surprised wasn't in the other version, which is try- someone trying to play Dragon's Rage Channeler in the deck and Murktide Regent in the deck. I have not had a chance to play this myself yet, but... Dragon's Rage Chandler just seems so good for one mana. Plus, you get to mow through bad cards in your deck with Surveil. Seems like a no-brainer for this kind of deck. And then your Murktide Regent. Murktide Regent. Treasure Cruise. Ah, is it? <laughs> I, I did die know. to one of these last night. I, I'm still a little on the fence about this card. I'm very I'm, on the fence. I'm, I'm willing to assume that I'm wrong at this point just because so many people are playing it and having success with it. And, you know, it is nice to be able to, to drop a giant flyer to try to close the game in these decks when you need something to help close uh, the game, when you stall out a little bit with your little ground efficient ground creatures. But suddenly you have, um, you know, Dragon's Rave channel that helps here. One thing I'll say is this deck does not have Stan's favorite card, Sprite Dragon, in it. And I'm a little bit surprised that we are moving so hard away from that. But um, we'll see. Stan, what do you think about Murktide Regent? Haven't seen uh, it after watching it for this week. You haven't seen it. Haven't yet? seen it in the wild. Haven't played with it yet. Um, did you mention the Singleton Tarfire? No, but it's a great point. Shane's brought this up a couple of times about using that as a uh, enabler for delirium. So, your delirium tribal yeah. instant. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So it has fancy shock. It's got four baubles and then a single tribal instant goblin Tarfire um, to try to get delirium a little bit more consistently. We'll see what happens. Four counter spell on the sideboard, which is. Very reactive for an aggressive deck. It's nice to have the option if you want it. I mean, think about it this way. When when you're building this deck before, you would often have that kind of like five counter spell suite that was like, I got two mana leaks and I got two spell pierce and I've got one spell snare, you know, like that kind of a disdainful stroke. And instead, now you just get to run four counter spells in the sideboard and not worry about it. And I think that makes it a lot easier to sideboard. Nice. It's the hardest part of the game. All right. Up next, we've got Silva Terran. With another green-black elves deck. Golgari elves, I hear it's called. This time they do have 12 mana dorks in the form of Lanor elves, Elvish Mystic, and Kyrian Ranger. Interestingly, they don't have any Izuri. Instead, uh, in addition to Shaman of the Pack, their payoff here is Joroga Warcaller. But since we're talking about new cards, they also have two copies of Sylvan Anthem. The green-green enchantment, which 
gives your green creatures plus one plus one and whenever a green creature enters the battlefield under your control you also scry one 16 lands in this deck lean so that's one of the things that Kyrian ranger in theory enables is these very lean mana bases 16 maybe too close for to comfort for some people but is that because basically what what we're saying is that it allows you that if you're going to miss your land drop you just untap one of your creatures and replay the land for mana exactly yeah yeah and then if you have a a, la- a hand that's just one land and a carrying ranger and any other mana door you know you want it to be um a hand that has uh heritage druid but if it's not even if it's just a land or elves you can then get to like three or four mana basically on curve hmm. sweet all right charging badger up next on five color elementals skelemental the only, uh, I think the only new card in there is what? There's an Endurance on the side and the one on the main. A single Endurance main is what I'm looking at on one side. Sweet. Cool. Way to go, Elementals. Doing your thing. We'll get back to you later, Charging Badger. Next up. We'll also get back to you later, Lightning Skill Elemental. And Dr. Queller. <laughs> Dr. Queller. Still doing it. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, Dr. Queller. Bad spirits. No new cards for you in this set, it didn't look like. and But you still got a 5-0. Still love, still love Bant Spirits. All right. Um, next up, Ra Ra Zero on Azorius Control uh, with some new cards. Brainstone, Solitude, Counter Spell. Weird. That's a weird card. Uh, sideboard Prismatic Ending and Blossoming Calm. Stan, your sideboard call for Blossoming call, uh, Calm is uh, showing up a little bit. I, I played against a Brainstone Azorius Control deck this uh, when I was playing this past weekend. Um did any of you play against Brainstone at all? Mm-mm. Haven't seen it. It it didn't seem great, but I think <laughs> what it did do is give people an option on what to do with their mana when they were holding up counter magic, but then they were also leveraging Terminus. So I think they're trying to do like the Terminus thing, where they set up Terminus with either Jason Mind Sculptor or a little bit earlier with the the Brainstone thing. And this is also our first legitimate deck with Counterspell in the main. So I think it's a good time as any to talk about Counterspell and how you're feeling about it so far. Anything to say? It's Counterspell, right? I haven't seen right? it yet. Yeah. O- only that this is the second deck with a playset of Counterspell in the main. The Esper deck we skipped over was running for Counterspell in Esper. Oh, okay. so oh, oh and, and the Azorius Stoneblade deck. So, yeah, I mean, might as well talk about it on the third deck we've seen <laughs> yeah. with Counterspell. Stan, what do you, how are you feeling about it? Like, do you think it's like, are you are you living in fear of it? Are you kind of like, it's it, it feels like Mana Leak anyway? Uh, I've been blown out by it, but that's what Counterspells do, even if it's not actual Counterspell. Because the Counterspell decks aren't necessarily new brews, as far as I've seen. Yeah. Or at least they're not as many of the new brews that we wanted to explore for this week's episode. I haven't even had a chance to really play with it in an MH2 environment, but it looks like the thing that people were, word is too strong of a word, but the thing that people were critical of that it's just now correct to play counterspell three or four of them seems to be true. Like anyone who's playing any counter magic is, is running at least three counter spells in addition, in some cases to four Archmage's term, which is what this Azorius deck did. They're always going to have it. That's what I would say. You're not. You can't maneuver anymore. Like they're they're always going to have a counter spell that works against your spells. So just keep that in mind. You got to play around them. What 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 else is there to say about counter spell? That can't be said in this next deck by Ninja Kyle. 
It's an Asmor Anomar Decay Destinac Uldekar deck featuring four Emery. This is like the one we, we talked about last week, Stan. That like the Emery Oval Chase Daredevil sort of like synergy. But it does add more of like what this Urza package, right? Like Urza and Counter Spell. I don't think that was in last week's deck. I don't recall it there either. It also has four Thought Monitor. I can't recall that being in last week's deck. Surprise. Weird deck seeing evolution. How strange. I am not smart enough to be able to talk about this deck at all. Yeah, I think it's just it's just doing Urza stuff, right? Yeah. But here's what here's something that I find interesting is like, is the value off of Asmo really there to like say like the only way to cast Asmo is to discard a Street Wraith or to draw into a cookbook and then discard a card with it and then cast the Asmo, right? Like you're not there's not a lot of great ways to get this out. Yeah, but I think that all you're doing is caring about dealing six damage to things with your tokens. Like, that's it. That's well, what yeah, that card is there for. So you're yeah. okay with it later in the game, I would be my assumption here. I would also point out that you have four Urza Sagas that can fetch one cookbook yeah. that oh, you then weird, use weird. to set up your Asmo. It's it's that weird how, how good that, that tutor is. It's strange. Maybe because there's a lot of cheap artifacts in Modern. Uh, Dave, you mentioned something awesome about Asmo that I got to do in some testing this weekend uh, playing uh, Hollow Vine. And did you get a, a, any chance to like to use Asmo and her food sack like ability to like just wipe people's boards? Yeah, I got to use it a little bit. The deck that I was playing was, was the Hollow Vine one, so it was a little bit more aggressive. So a lot of times I was doing other things uh, and not quite getting up to that many yeah, food yeah. tokens as much. But um, yeah, it's powerful. I had some suspicions that that ability might be powerful enough just because it's no mana and food is always easier to make than you think it's going to oh be. Oh my gosh, it's it's bonkers easy. And like I, I found myself playing against a shadow deck and they had, you know, got a little bit of a board stall where I had like, you know, some some joker of a creature along with my Asmo and something else and like a Vengevine. And so like I had two food from Asmo. I had two two cookbooks out. And then, like, I, I untap, make two, make, I mean, like, at the end of my turn, I sack two foods, I kill their 6-6 six, six Skyclave uh, shadow thing, I untap, right. I do it again, I toss two more cards, I kill their 5-5 five, five shadow, and then it's like, well, poop. Like, I thought, you know, like, when you, when you can do six damage off of incidental artifacts, why not? Yeah. Yeah, and I even used the food a bunch of times to, like, save myself against other aggressive decks so yeah it's it's food yeah food is the most broken mechanic ever made i think brian gottlieb made that joke last week on arena it's not really the most broken but i can't believe that one of the most powerful tokens they've ever made is called food yeah and and yeah sacrifice a food a food i mean it's just it's just the it's if of course it's the cards around it like it could have been a clue right it could have been anything it could have been like a thopter like if they made all these cards that did so much cool stuff with a clue or like a thopter it's just the fact that like cheap incidental artifacts are as, as fuel for cards is almost like energy where it's like when energy is incidental and you're just stockpiling a little you know counter of energy that then feeds cards with like efficient energy usage it's not really that different. It's just a different yep. way to count. It's a lot of food talk. What is this? Iron Chef? Yeah. Underworld yeah, all, all, all is All is cuisine. All right. Up next, <laughs> uh, we're going to skip over this deck. It's uh, Eldrazitron, no new cards. I will say I feel like Eldrazitron should be running 
either Urza Saga and or Calder Complete. Calder Complete. It might. No. We'll see. It day. might start. But let's talk about Mono Bluetron. Well, oh, but before that, let's uh, let's talk about how bad all his dust is looking right now in a in a deck like uh, Eldrazi Tron. There's so many uh, affinity decks, so many food tokens, getting back stuff out of the graveyard. Do not need all his dust right now. But yeah, yes, Trellin. Mono Utron, only new card here is Urza Saga. Only two Saga, probably needs two more. Probably couldn't find the other two on Mana Traders. I mean, that's actually a good point. Yeah, and even in this deck, just for example, uh, Urza Saga would get a Basilisk Collar, a Chalice of the Void, Engineered Explosives, e- Expedition Map, Relic of Progenitus, or t- and that's it. But those are all pretty good cards for you to go grab. So you, yeah, I guess you can get Chalice for... To block zero mana spells, maybe if you're playing against a Cascade deck. Because remember, Urza Saga yeah. puts things onto the battlefield. Onto the battlefield. So you have to you have to be wanting that. Yeah, so getting something like yeah. Engineered Explosive might be incorrect, depending on what you're up yeah. to. Well, not or anymore. Something... EE on zero is pretty good now. That's also, true. That's, that's also true. It gets rid of food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tokens. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, I guess, that Urza Saga could get Ballista and... Hangerback Walker in Affinity, and you're probably not going to want that either if you can't cast them. So, oh, uh, our our mod Mickey's reminding us that you can't get XX spells; it has to be one or zero hmm. with Urza Saga. Well, that's a good reminder because we're morons. Hey, yeah, rules are rules. We break them every week, and then we unbreak them in our apologies. We apologize to you. Thanks, Mickey. Well, why why can't I get EE Magic Online? Is bugged. All right, let's skip this next deck. Selfie seek. Soul Time mid range. I love seeing the selfie sack is out there still though. Still playing. Hey old friend. Yep. No new cards though. We'll we'll talk about you next week when you bring in some MH2 tech. All right. This next deck is one I played. Free rolling. It's affinity. Azorius affinity, I guess. It's got Sojourner's Companion, which is that new four four seven mana artif- affinity for artifacts, and it has artifact land cycling too. I, I cannot believe this is seeing play. Like this, this is what's telling me that like affinity is better than I expected. It also has two mirror enforcers, which is the other seven mana affinity four four. And my goodness, four thought monitors. It just means they're getting to drop so many cards so fast that these become zero or ones really really quickly and and i think what makes this deck or i know what makes this deck different from the last affinity deck we discussed is it's also running a ton of these two color artifact lands the bridges and that was the thing that really impressed me in affinity decks is how quickly these bridges both enable you to cast your affinity spells for free or very little mana because what essentially happens is these affinity or these bridge cards are just tapping for two mana for any spell that has affinity if you even need to tap mana at all. Yeah, Stan, does this give you a clue why the why the, the artifact lands are banned? It does. It sure does. But the other thing I'll mention, Thought Monitor in particular, it's a lot easier to get to Affinity when your artifacts are indestructible. And that was one of the things that I had a ton of reservations about, and it's why I wanted to play this deck, was kind of just challenge my previous assumptions, especially after I saw it doing reasonably well, is how well can we actually keep artifacts around for something like Thought Monitor, which feels fantastic anytime you cast it. And it turns out it's really easy when your lands are indestructible. Yep, yep. You all know that Mirrodin Standard was one of was a dark time yeah. in uh, in Magic. 
my my father was running the store at that time and he was like uh yeah we had nobody coming to play standard ever and they had to ban like all those lands and other stuff to be able to try to revive the game uh at that point so those lands are no joke yeah so this deck it also has urza saga um and this no i don't think we've had a chance to talk about actually playing with urza saga so maybe i can chat a little bit about what it does for this deck and what it's like playing with it in general yeah i would actually really like your insight because i think there's a lot of there is the hype around it and the fear around it where it's just like this card is only doing broken things yeah and then i think there is the the thought that's also like it's really good at doing certain things in certain decks and then also like oh it's easy to kind of deal with so tell us about how it felt in an artifact synergy deck it's it i mean yeah it definitely can be dealt with and people did know how to do that but when it sticks around at least in this affinity deck the thing i was especially impressed with was the second mode of making constructs which is something that you can actually do twice because you can activate that second mode on your upkeep the third turn that the saga is around essentially yeah. making two constructs with the same land. Yeah, that I think is the one that actually scares me the most, where it's like, hey, in an artifact synergy deck, I'm not only a land and not only a tutor, but I'm pumping out creatures that are huge if you're doing what your deck's supposed to do. Right. And in this deck, those constructs would frequently turn into 6-6s six, or 7-7s. Seven, and I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And it, I mean, I'm sure it's been said, it kind of just felt like Urza Saga was replacing Mox Opal and giving this deck a glue. And even though this version of Affinity was not nearly as aggressive as old Mox Opal modern Affinity historic staple was, it did feel like it actually had a, a very consistent plan. And I found that pretty good. Playing, you know, Ornithopters in modern feels bad, but even like Memnites was okay. Just having like a 1 1 that can always swing if your opponents aren't doing anything fine maybe you can put a shadow spear or a nettle cyst on it okay don't mind if i do i mean that's the plan right I'm a little surprised these things don't run um signal pest anymore uh i think that, the evasion the, but the previous deck that we talked about did was still yeah okay yeah this one doesn't this one instead is going for four force yeah okay five color niv pass yeah yeah nothing new there no new cards okay Next one we have is from Dimitricude. Dimitricude. This this deck has so much going on for us to talk about. We have this called Grixis Delirium Aggro featuring Luris. Dragon's Ray Challenger. Blood our only Bloodbraid Marauder. I said it right that time. Unholy Heat for the first time, I think. Mm-hmm. And also Seal of Removal for the first time. A bunch of cool new cards to talk about. And I think for us to talk about maybe the future of this deck or like what we think about this style of deck as, a, as we move into the, the, the format. Ironically, seal of removal is not removal. It's just bounce. <laughs> Isn't that weird? But <laughs> So, okay, first, first, first things first. Let's talk about Unholy Heat. Uh, a card that I think a lot of us slept on. This is beginning a lot of, I think, more attention because of Spike. Uh, Spike's been this, really into this card. This is a card that I'm very sad I did not get to talk about on the, the sh- show last week because i had it on my list of stuff yeah, this is this is totally a card that stan and shane would overlook because there's so many other bangers to talk about but what it is it's a single red instant deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker shane that sounds bad oh wait it has delirium 
Unholy Heat deals six damage instead if there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard. So yeah, if you're if you're trying to work towards Delirium at all, or incidentally getting to Delirium, you can just tag a creature or planeswalker for six. And sure it doesn't hit players, but oftentimes for single red mana at instant speed, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Remember playing lightning axe sometimes <sighs> to do stuff? Yes. Sure. Guess what? This is this does more. And it kills Planeswalker, and it's it's magmatic. Uh, what's that called? Magmatic sinkhole without having to delve away your graveyard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't play with it. I was watching Spike Stream playing with it, and it was killing Tarmogoyfs left and right. It, yeah. it just it kills Titans at instant speed. Boom shakalaka. It's it's honestly maybe the best single red instant removal spell short of Lightning Bolt that we have now. Yeah, I mean, it's red has sort of needed something like this for a little bit, right? Like, it's restrictive. You can't use it as burn, but it gives it some play to be able to kill a primeval titan. And that's, like, something that you just didn't yeah. have access to really out of red decks. I think it's more of a mid-range card than yeah. uh, kind of an aggro burn card. For sure, yeah. But, I, I mean, you just didn't have that tool at all. And sure. for a minute, I thought that that card that sees some play in Historic, that I'm trying to remember what it's called, the... um. Uh, the Blitz, the Blitz Dragon. Oh, yeah. What is it called? It's the two mana that does Blitz this, of the Thunder the, Dragon. Yeah, Blitz of the Thunder Dragon I thought would be like enough at two mana to maybe make some waves in modern, but this is just better. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this deck on the whole and how the, how it supports Unholy Heat and maybe want to start running more. Mm-hmm. So this is a, this is quartets of Blood, Blood Braid Marauder, Death Shadow, Dragon Rage Challenger, and Scourge of the Skyclaves. Uh, you know, the use, and then the usual kind of stuff that might be in a, a Grixis Death Shadow deck. You've got your Hand Disruption, you've got your Removal, and like Counter Magic and Drawn the Lock. You've got your Bolts, you've got your TBRs, Mishra's Bobble. This this is doing four enchantments as well, which is helpful for Delirium. Two Seal of Fire, two Seal of Removal. It's also a Luris deck, where right. these seals are uh, also really good. Let's talk first, I think, maybe about Blood Braid marauder which is the sink run one in a red for a three one can't block sounds bad oh wait it has delirium uh it, this spell has cascade as long as you have four or more card types in your graveyard so basically if you cast this you get a free one mana spell which in this deck is a number Lots of, things. of things yeah yeah it's most of the most of the deck you would be able to cascade into yeah uh pretty good also seal of removal is that maybe better than it looks like having just an onboard bounce effect that you can just sort of use at any time and then get back with a Luris. Like that can't be that bad. Right. Like just like you can always threaten. You don't have to keep mana up. It's just like, Hey, I've got a bounce effect. I mean, the seals are tricky. I think they're mostly here because of delirium more than anything else. I don't think you generally try to play them on rates. Although people often played seal of fire with Luris before you know in the red red black Rakdos shadow decks i always found it like a little clunky but it was good to be able to go into that grind if you needed to do like four damage to someone in a turn to be able to like hit them replay it hit them again kill a bigger creature with it so i think having something in this deck that helps you get rid of a big creature over and over again is pretty helpful especially since you're not running anything that interacts with giant creatures other than that like you're not running you know black well, you have Drown in the Lock, so I guess that's kind of it. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's better than it looks. I think they're probably as exactly as, as good as they exactly look. Exactly as decent as they look. Here's a question I have for you, though, before we, we, we got to move on. we got a lot of decks. 
is Blood Braid Marauder actually better than, let's say, Dreadheart Arcanist in a deck like this? Because like this, this dies a Lava Dart. Uh, Lava Dart's going to be making a comeback when people keep seeing the the is it prowess decks, you know, winning or top eighting in these challenges. We're like, oh wait, it's not bad now. It's still good. Like I, I feel like Dreadheart Arcanist is going to survive more reliably and get these cheap spells out of the graveyard more often than Marauder are going is going to out of your deck. I just think this is a really different deck than what wants Dreadhorde Arcanist. Like this is a more aggro slanted yeah, shadow true. build than you know, I've played Arcanist in Shadow before as well, and but you end up with a more kind of like I mean that's more like traditional Grixis controlly not controlly mid rangey one. This one is a little bit more aggressive, I think, in general. Yeah, there's no Kroxa here. Yeah. And also, do you care if someone lava dart? I mean, it's not great, but like you pay two and you get another card off of it. If someone lava darts yeah, it, you're then right. they... you don't have to untap with it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's fine. Lava dart's the worst case scenario, of course, but what's next? What's next? Keep it moving. We got Boomer Jun <laughs> next from. Yeah. I just, I called it that. Roginosa 5 0. New cards Dalthy Voidwalker, Ignoble Hierarch, and Turok. So this is. Stuff that Spike talked to us about when he was on stand mm-hmm. uh, between Ignoble Hierarch and Alti Voidwalker. I mean, this is the deck that Ignoble Hierarch was made for, yeah. But but is it really like? I mean, this deck could have always ran birds, always never ran birds, or successfully. It has exalted. I mean, yeah, that's better. But like, does it need a card like this, or is it just running it because it can to see how much it likes it? <sighs> Shane, were you playing Modern when Deathrite Shaman was was around? No, 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 no. Be, be in the, because what you get to do now is play turn two Liliana of the Veil. But you could do that with Birds of Paradise, is what I'm saying. And people never ran Birds, or when they did, they were like, oh, wait, it's not as good as I thought. But, ex- but Birds doesn't have Exalted. <laughs> you play Human Shane, you know how good Exalted is. Yeah. I'm, okay, so, like, I'm, why are you fronting, like, Birds of Paradise and, and Ignoble Hierarch are the same card? They're not the same card. But I'm just saying, like, in this deck, okay, I'm not saying I'm not saying Ignoble Hierarch and Birds of Paradise are the, are the identical card. I'm saying in this deck, I don't see how they function drastically differently it's you know it makes your season higher you know it makes all your creatures bigger that's how it makes your Dalthy Voidwalker hit for four like that's that's pretty good like um I don't know I I think that it's the 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 difference is too big I now I do I think that this deck is necessarily good I don't know I mean it's not as good as it's not anywhere near the same power that Deathrite Shaman brought to the deck of course but it is a good way to go yeah I think it's also better in multiples than Birds of Paradises. Oh yeah, sure, for sure. Like you, if you get a couple of these out, then you you really are cooking. Let, let's talk more about the cool cards in this deck. The cooler cards, I think. We have two Dothy Voidwalker and a Singleton Torok. Cards that people did ex- expected to see in mid range decks like this. This is our first Voidwalker deck, yeah. I think so. Have any of you played with the card yet? No, I didn't get played with or against it. I didn't have time to play with it, and no one cast it against me, but I'm still afraid of it. It was in a lot of decks. It looks super it looks super dope. I can't wait to test with it. We'll see. I'm feeling a little bit like that card is the maybe the leader for the overhyped card out of this Ooh. out of the set right now. I mean my guess. I think I think it, I mean what you said makes sense, Dave, which is like it's easy to look at the the worst case scenario of this, which is just like, holy crap, they got my Emrakul. You know what I mean? <laughs> which all the decks run now. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the fight against Mill. Yeah. Torok is maybe just better, just like overall, like it's just sort of broader, more useful to like a deck like Jund than Dothi, but we'll see. You know, I mean, Torok, I think is cool as a, as a one of, 
it's it's there's one in the sideboard there's one in the main i i i think the card is cool templating you know i it's interesting that they're not running it with um luris you know so all right man i thought our pace was good and of course it's already looking not so good uh luxor 777 on another orzov stone blade blink style deck they're leaning a little bit harder into the horizons two cards they've got grief and dam but broadly this is probably doing very similar things to the other orzov stone blade decks just trying to figure out the right build on those this does have a sort of hearth and home okay green and white uh we'll see how long that sticks around stopping your vengeance i guess i don't know (laughs) anyway next up this is our first reanimator deck yep ict mo Mm -hmm. 0912 orzov reanimator How's it working? We've got two Archon of Cruelty. It does have four Grief, because why not? It does have four Priest of Fell Rites. Mm-hmm. Yep, we talked about that. Which is a card I played against, and it's good. Grindy. <laughs> Grindy good. It, it sticks around. If you don't have removal, it just will put an Archon or some other big monster on the battlefield. That's its job, I think. It really is. It's got a Solitude. It's got four Persist and four Unmarked Grave, which is... You know, the eight-card package or a two-card package that we definitely yeah. anticipated. What's cool about this deck, though, I think, too, is it also is trying to do the ephemerate thing. Because mm-hmm. why not? It also has a, the whole Stoneforge package, like with the with the Battle Skull and Cauldron Complete. It, it This seems like an 80-card deck. Like, it's doing so much. It has the... It has the Reanimator package. It has the Stoneforge package. It has the Blink package. It's just like... If you try to stop my reanimator package, I've got Stoneforge for you. So good luck on that. So just this is getting a lot of different angles and a lot of different powerful value cheap cards uh, in, in in sixty cards here. I think this is a cool this is a cool deck. Like if you like this style of deck, like I think this is this is the kind of Orzov deck I would want to play. Like controlling, combo-y, graveyardy, Stoneforgey. I totally agree. All right, next up is a deck that Stan ran through. That's right, a hammer Yeah. Uh, with Domain. I actually, this is the exact deck that I pulled. And similar to that Affinity deck with, with Thought Monitor, last week I was kind of cold on Domain. I didn't think... Yeah, we, we, we said it was overhyped, overrated perhaps. We, we did, we did say that. And I think specifically I even said I don't want to put Triumphs into my aggro deck. <laughs> yes, you did. And the hammer, they just used one. Yeah, who needs it? Turns out it's all you need, potentially. New cards in this one. We got three General Ferris Rockrick. That Boros human soldier that makes golems when you cast multicolored spells. Okay, I really I can't wait to hear your take on that, if you got much with that. I'll just tell you, it's fantastic. Yeah, it looks bonkers, right? It was awesome because Lightning Helix would activate that, and that always felt really good. <laughs> That's the, good. It, the issue with it in this deck is that you don't necessarily have a critical mass of gold spells. Because, hmm. like, Tribal Flames feels great to cast. You always want to cast it when you can, but it doesn't trigger. Um, and Sign of Draco, Ragavan, Noble Hierarch, Ignoble Hierarch. So many of the cards just don't trigger it. That Yeah. It's it's like it's this deck is definitely not designed around Ferris. It's just saying, like, do I have enough multicolors to take advantage of it? I can't believe how many new cards there are on this deck. So many. I mean, the, the, the deck is designed from the ground up in Modern Horizons 2, basically, right? Like, I mean, six of the creatures are new. Yeah. yeah. So I think the deck exists because of Territorial Kavu, specifically. That really felt like the... The Goyf? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. It's better than Goyf because it also filters your hand. And that's something that always takes me by surprise, that it has this ability when it attacks, you can discard a card and draw a card. 
you could also alternatively exile up to one target card from a graveyard in case you're up against some graveyard strategy, though that was never relevant for me. Hmm. But it's it hits for five really frequently, thanks to your Singleton Triome. And with things like Tribal Flames and this, it felt like the deck wasn't fast, but by turn or turn five, closing is in sight because it's just punching so hard. Yeah. I mean, when I played this style of deck, I had uh, Kurt Ape and Loam Lion and Wild in the Cattle. Yeah. And now you have a 4-4 Flyer, a 5-5 for two <laughs> mana, and uh, Ragavan. Cool stuff. The last thing I'll say on this is I actually think that the Territorial Kavu Tribal Flames package is, is pretty legit. I don't think this is going to be the last version of Domain we'll see. It felt like the mana base wasn't tuned it was sometimes hard to actually cast all your spells and have five land types. So maybe you need a different triome. Maybe you want to get two opposing triomes. Only thing I'll say about this really quick is it takes a lot of practice. Sure. This deck, this style of deck, Tribal Flames decks, when I've played them in the past, it takes a lot of practice for fetching. You have to think way, way ahead. So I think I did it perfectly every time. It's the deck's yeah, fault. There might be some pilot error. I, 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 you're a good player, but I, you know. I'm, I'm an okay player. I'm a much better pilot. Next deck, Leyline of the Boys. This old favorite of the dive down <laughs> yeah. line of the boys. Red white taxes. Yeah, featuring Urian. All these taxes decks are eighty cards now. Mm-hmm. Basically, new cards here yeah. are Solitude, Imperial Recruiter, Prismatic Ending, Cauldra Complete, Sanctum Prelate yeah. in the main. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it, this is barely Boros. Like it really only has main deck Imperial Recruiter, and it also will help with your Prismatic Ending. Uh, and then sideboard like a singleton Magus of the Moon. I so, love that your eighty card deck has a singleton in the side. Well, you can you can get it with uh, Imperial Recruiter. That, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So why not? The one thing that's been interesting to me about a couple of these decks, real quick, Prismatic Ending, uh, and we didn't mention it earlier, but I think one of the earlier decks that we saw it only had blue and white in it, so it was only able to cast prismatic ending for two and this one's only able to cast it for three which means it's just good enough even with low uh chances to do converge which i think is pretty cool for that card as well fun we got a half hour left i think it's time for an old friend to come stand keep talking okay uh moon in 40 uh abzan mid-range blink it's got grief solitude vindicate and a sideboard turok this seems really fair to me really fair deck but maybe grief ephemerate is good enough and like blinking rhinos good enough i don't know this is 2021 let's move on (laughs) dave the bell is hilarious but it's so hard to talk when you're laughing at the sound of a bell (laughs) all right merfolk in 10 words or less what do we uh, think? Tide Shaper and Savellan, I think, are really good additions. Uh, it's also the one of the only decks running Suspend. Spreading Sea is also good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Soim Bagalad. This is a Dakon Esper deck. So it's Esper Stoneblade. It's got three Dakon Shadow Slayers. Oh, four gosh. Grief. Four Ephemerate. It's got the Stoneforge package. It's got three Solitudes. Right, but when you when you say Stoneforge package, you're literally just saying Batterskull and Cauldra Complete. This has that, two that's targets. Package, that's though. all it is that's anymore. That's, that's all you need. You need you, you have aggressive. And We're you done have with defensive. swords. No more swords. That would be unreal, but I think it's possible. Hold on, I, I actually want to mention the two Priest of Felrites, but oh, yeah, why not? No, no unmarked grave. So it's just playing Priest for value. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a value card, right? I mean, a deck like this, it's value. Grind. And, and I also like that Priest has Unearth, so you can, in theory, pitch it to Grief and then just get it back later. And Dakon has Surveil. You you exile the card that you pitch, so you don't you don't get to do that kind of synergy. Mm, thank you. Thank you. But yeah. Dakon's plus is Surveil, too. Right. So that that's the thing. You get to play with, play with Surveil, exactly. I, I am observing a little bit of an experienced blindside for us with Stoneforge decks this week, so that's something I'm going to work on for next. Well, you can. Feel free, my friend. All right, again. Uh, Jose, five, or Joe, J0SE, uh, five color Niv with Yorian. I believe they only have, they have four Vindicate. That's a lot of Vindicates. Why not? That's it. <laughs> Dave, how does it feel? Does it feel good to hit the bell? I, I feel like I'm coming home. Manningly 23, I feel like very fast paced now. Uh, white Taxes, it only has a few sideboard cards. Uh, traditional looking main deck, a few new sideboard cards. Boring. Uh, we're sorry, Mattingly. Uh, congrats on the five. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, they're not boring. The, the deck, the deck does not have that many Modern Horizons two. Therefore, it's boring this week. It doesn't even have Caldra complete in its Stoneforge package. It's got a couple of Sanctifier on Vec in the side. All right, next up, there's a Jeskai Stoneblade Delver deck pop uh, piloted by C. How he ran. <laughs> do you see? Do you see what I see? I see Delver Secrets and Geist of Saint Traft, so it's definitely 2013 up in this deck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Innistrad yeah. standard. Let's mix yeah. the new and the old. We've got Prismatic Ending and Counterspell and Fire Ice and Suspend and yeah, no no Planeswalkers from our, our like Delver Controlly deck. Who needs them? Yeah, pass. <laughs> wow, brutal brutal assessment of Delver. And we don't need to talk about this another Azorius Stoneblade deck. Keep it keep it going. Pansaren, congrats on your 5-0. Let's talk about uh, Azorius Urza con- Control by... Brainstorm 39? Brainstorm 39. Oh, Brainstorm. We have a typo in our spreadsheet. Where it's, oh, it, bra- looks like brand, <laughs> brand it looks like Brandstorm. It looks like Brandstorm. Like I have some muffins coming after me. All right. All right. So we've got three solitude, three subtlety, four prismatic ending, again, four counterspell, and four Urza Saga. Yeah, but this is another one of those decks where Prismatic Ending only has access to two different colors of mana, which I think is really fascinating. You're like, I'm good. I don't have I don't need it for for mana value more than two. No, like, it's 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 a good removal spell. Likewise, Ur- the only fetch target for Urza Saga is for Aether Vile. What? That's it. Well, I, I, so this one's just making just using it to make constructs, huh? I can't believe this deck is running Aether Vile. Like for Aether Vile for what? Like your creature package of Solitude, Subtly, and Urza, and like Snap. It's just like what in the universe? To Mysticate yeah. to make turn two counter spells easier. We got it. We got a filter land. Good point. All right, I played against this deck. I'll talk about it. I don't know if you all played with or against the Enchantress style mm-hmm. deck. Guys, I, I, I got to tell you, I opened my pre-release pack finally, and the foil that I got was the Enchantress, the Sithis. Sad. Anyway, Sad. maybe you can build the deck now because all of these Enchantress decks are playing the Sithis. The player who trophied is the Batman. Oh, the mm-hmm. Batman. Um, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it's not really the style of deck I would f- pick Batman to play. Uh, this deck is slow, yeah. but when it when it turns the corner, it turns the corner hard. Uh, so it, it, it does work. New cards are for Sanctum Weaver, which is the two drop the taps for mana equal to how many enchantments you control, and then for Sithis Harvest Hand, which is the two drop, uh, it's like extra copies of Enchantress's presence on a two mana body. We did also see a couple or three solitary confinements, which is one of the new to modern reprints. It's it's kind of like a prison enchantment. Skip your draw step. You have shroud, prevent all damage that would be dealt to you. And at the beginning of your upkeep sack, solitary confinement, unless you discard a card, 
which doesn't seem so bad if you're drawing one or two extra cards every turn off your Sithis and Enchantress's presence. So this is uh, an island sanctuary effect, is what we call this one. And um, <laughs> unreal, <laughs> unreal. No, but I, I actually played against this deck last night too, and I lost to it because they just drew so many more cards than I had. Yep. So 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 many more cards. I played against this deck while I was testing out new versions of Ponza, and uh, I thought it was pretty easy for Blood Moons to kind of uh, beat up on it. But also, it runs Blood Moon, which is wild. Is that a title? Okay. Maybe yeah. they just have a lot of basics. This one's weird. Okay. Now next up. Capricioso, uh, it's Green Tron with four Urza Saga. I have not played with this. I don't know how good it is, but Urza Saga is good enough that why not? So it still has the four forests. So can you help me figure out what are we taking out? Uh, we don't have that Sanctum of Ugin. Yeah, no Sanctum of Ugin. Um, interestingly, it still has the Blast Zone. So it just, it's, it's man, what is not there? Like it, there's it, new there's new Ulamog in this deck. Well, but yeah, but it just feels like yeah. I guess they just kept we kept a similar amount of lands. They added a little bit more landage. No Ulamog. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, my friend. <laughs> the cat Shane's cat meowed at the same time as the bell. That's fun. <laughs> okay, here's a card or here's a deck that I played. This list by Screenwriter NY. I'm assuming they're from New York. It's uh, an As Foretold Charles Agent glimpse of tomorrow deck oh no not this this is kind of what ryan spain was talking about his one modern deck is warp world glimpse of tomorrow is the suspend version of warp world but how does this work stan so glimpse has no mana cost it's suspend three for red red and it says shuffle all permanents you own into your library then reveal that many cards from the top of your library put all non-aura permanent cards revealed this way onto the battlefield then do the same for aura cards. Then put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. The first time I cast this spell, I actually had no idea what it was going to do. I just I just did my Shardless Agent thing to see what happens. And, yeah, what happened? Uh, it got a bunch of Colony Gardens and a Kozilek Butcher of Truth and my opponent scooped. Yeah. And that was the first thing I learned is that this shuffles up your lands and it will play more lands. Well, let's talk about how you actually get this online, right? Like this, this is the kind of thing that's running like four to six main deck ley lines so yes. that you start with permanence on the battlefield mm-hmm. and then you could have a few more permanents on the battlefield by the time you cascade into it or even cast it naturally off the suspend and right. then just sort of turn the corner wildly with your you know emeralds and kozilex and whatnot right yeah so the idea is to just try to have as many permanents on the board as possible as early as turn three if you can to either you know cast it um, off of your shardless agent or off of your violent outburst and what it does is it tries to cheat out either big eldrazi it's got four emerald kozilek and and three ulamog or you can even cheat out an omniscience well then which will then let you play your expensive payoff cards from your hand for free i think this deck is just kind of a fun little meme i don't see this one taking over the format this isn't like a new taking turns variant or anything. And it's also really inconsistent. It's hard to set up big payoffs. Hmm. It was cool, but it didn't feel it felt like the weakest deck that I played. I don't know, I can't. So we have 50 decks to go, so I'm going to bell this down. All right, well, let's go. Let's go. We'll skip a few uh decks with no changes. Nazart with another Orzhov Stoneblade Blink deck. Uh the main tech here appears to be Undying Evil, which an instant speed that gives a creature undying until end of turn. This uh, can work with your uh, evoke creatures. Yet another way, just a different spell. 
Also, the foil of which has gone up quite a bit because I think I have one in my peasant cube, and now it's like 25 bucks. So, cool. Thank you. Good. Ding. All right, we got another Selesnia Enchantress. We got a Teamer Cascade deck. Have we talked about the Teamer Cascade deck yet on its face? I played it. I can I can just share from experience. It's awesome. I did too. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. People are hating it out. I guess, yeah. I mean, it really folds to Teferi Time Reveler. Yes, it sucks. Really bad. So this is your crashing, going to cascade Shardless Agent into Crashing Footfalls dot deck. Correct. Uh, Everett was playing around with his deck, and um, he was really liking it. It's got that whole thing where they you warp all the cards in it so that you only ever cascade into Crashing Footfalls. Yeah. I got to say, the version I played, it's got four Shardless, four Violent Outbursts. It also had four Ardent Police. So you had 12 ways to get Footfalls out. And I was really impressed with a 4-4 Rhino's ability to close out games. You know what's good about two 4-4 four, four Rhinos is how well they block together. Mm-hmm. So, like, they they attack really well because they've got Trample, of course. And they also, like, if you need defense, like, you've got it. And, like, frequently one survives, too. So it's just, like, it's really nice. And then you're frequently sort of just chaining them one after the other or something like that. And then you just have, like, six Rhinos and the, the game is over. Yeah. And there just gets the point after turn three where it feels like you can potentially cascade into rhinos over and over and over again. And that felt nice. Yeah. The interaction, should we talk about that? What's that? Oh, yeah. The interaction, it's fine. It's just fine. Subtlety is cool, though. I really liked playing with subtlety, especially if I was casting it for four and keeping it around. As I call it, the, the frilled mystic version. Yeah. The 3 3 flyer did its job as well sometimes. Dave's moving us along. What are we on next? We are on Silent Song. Got a 5-0. We're not going to talk about the deck. Snow, Snow, Snow. Gruel Scales. Looks like similar to the other Scales decks that we've been talking about, except for running... Uh, just similar to the other Scales decks that we've been talking about. This is this is basically here. the one that Dom Harvey won with. So yep. right. Just right. listen to last week. We'll go on. Tilt and Tumble. Boros Prowess. This is your clever Lumenmancer deck that has added Dragon's Rage Channeler to it. But it's basically the same deck that was there before. There's a couple of fun cards that are in here to make the deck hum. A couple of people I saw on Twitter were talking about it and loving the deck. I don't think we have to go into it more than that. Clever Lumenmancer still has a place in the format. Uh, from there, we've talked about uh, Ilton was on Domain Zoo. We, we've talked about that deck already. Angled Luffa, well-known Moto Grinder, playing Demir Lantern Control. I think we've talked about that enough through the canister version of Lantern, probably. Although interesting to note that this one has three Douthy Voidwalkers in the side for a Leyline effect. And also, I guess, probably some for some value if you want to go that way. Yeah, it pairs nicely with your seven sorceries, which is Cobru's Inquisition of Kozilex and Thoughtseize. There you go. Hugo Fritas, well-known Storm player, I believe, <laughs> generally. You have another Orzhov Stoneblade. Orzhov Stoneblade control, but guess what? Sorry, Hugo. I mean, that, this one's more controlling, so this is one of the ways you can like you can be like, I want to play for Vindicate. I want to play for Dothy Voidwalker. Like, that's, that's where we're getting right. with this one. Wow. Right. Dave, I don't think Shane heard the bell. He just kept talking. I know. He went right <laughs> over. Next up, Critic. Yog, we got to talk about Yog for a second. Um, we got our Grist, like we talked about. Singleton Grist, as we expected. Four Ignoble Hierarch, as we expected. Singleton Yavimaya, as we thought might happen. And two Endurance in the side. Uh, this one is not running that sort of interesting Scurry Oak combo or value <laughs> card tech here. I, I misspoke last week, and uh, Slack regular Aaron reminded me that it was not the Squirrel. It is, in fact, the Oak upon which the squirrel climbs. 
that's doing some cool stuff. But yeah, uh, this deck is gaining some steam. I think people are paying more attention to it. Uh, perhaps you should too. It's a really good deck. Why is Gris good in five Cause, words? Cause you, because you can't fetch it. All right. We got another glimpse of tomorrow combo. We're going to skip. That was five words, Shane. Nice job. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate you playing my game with me. Uh, next one is Scipios on Golgari Asmo Food Cooking. Yeah. So this is a lot like the canister deck, but it is instead, it's got your green cards in there too, notably Life from the Loam and Life from the Loam. Yeah, this is, this is what's weird about this one is I have no idea how this deck wins. Like, just like with Smuggler Copter Beats, like, it doesn't really have good creatures. It's got three I mean, Liliana. Just, yeah, you kill people. You, yeah, they just scoop to your Lily. Sure. Okay, move on. Here's here's how it wins. It's got four Urza Saga. It wins with constructs. <laughs> All right, uh, our our one of our humans decks. Uh, the only thing about this deck is as four Shardless Agent. I am not convinced that Shardless is belongs in humans, but why not? Wish resign on the rock with Douthi, Voidwalkers, Ignoble Hierarchs, and Turok themselves. What do we think? Looks fair. Got your Grim Flayer, Shane. I know That's you love Grim Flayer. Really, is Grim Flayer really worth trying to make like make Delirium happen with Mishra's Bobble? Like, there's got to be better cards to play there, right? Stop making Grim Grim Flayer is not going to happen. <laughs> play more Turok. Play four Dothy Voidwalkers. I don't know. I don't think it's worth yeah. it. All right, Tubby Batman. So we had V Batman, and now we have Tubby Batman. <laughs> I, I I told you that I went as Batman one time. Tubby like, Batman X suit. I was. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty tubby. Short tubby Batman. <laughs> the old style. Um so this tubby Batman was on Arclight Phoenix. Is it back? I don't know. Is it here? Stan? <laughs> Could it be? I kind of doubt it, but let's give this deck its due for Dragon Rage Channeler, for Marktide Regent, and it's got That's four it, Tarfire, which is new yeah. to the deck. A couple of fire ice on the side, as well as three suspend. Yeah. So let's talk about how it actually sets up Phoenixes. It's Thoughtscour, Dragon Rage Channeler, and a couple Lightning Axe, and a couple and four is a charm. Sure. Okay. This is not how I build this deck. I think there's probably a better way to build as what we're seeing already emerge. Same. I do like Merktide Regent as your alternate threat in a deck that's playing is a charms to fill up your yard. Isn't there a little bit of tension between Dragon Rage Channeler and Merktide Regent, though just a little bit? <laughs> You know, I see what you're saying. You don't want to turn delirium off by accident when you're delving, but we'll see. Marshmallowski, yeah, playing Thassa's Oracle Adnaz with Profane Tutor. That's it, just Profane Tutor. Does that just like what get you your combo card? Yep, that's it. That's the deck. <laughs> that's it. Orzhov Stoneblade by Easton MD21. We're gonna skip. We're gonna skip Living End by. Master Horus, unless there's a reason to I mean, do it. Th that one is is using as foretold electro dominance. Is that typically in yeah. Living End? Okay, then yeah. Fine. Well, that that's definitely a build that's existed for a while. Um, and then we got Mental Misstep on a Stoneblade Stoneblade Shadow deck with all kinds of cards in it. All the cards that we've been talking about: yeah, Orzov Shadow, Grief Ephemerate, Grief Solitude, etc. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, Ramison on a waste knot deck or like a, an arcanist deck we're gonna skip that dr cheese gruel panza all right buddy stan this is your moment are these cards good 
Ragavan, four Ragavan, and four Fury in what is Ponza. No ignoble. No ignoble hierarch. Yeah, so the version I was playing was running Ignoble instead of Ragavan. And the more I think about it, it makes me wonder if they are doing a similar thing. Because a turn one Ragavan, if it connects on turn two, will get you to three mana on turn two. The same way Ragavan can. Assuming you don't have Arborel for Utopia Sprawl out. This is an Obosh deck. So this is, you know, I think doing more with like Obosh plus Fury... And maybe also letting Ragavan hit for four. Seems cool. Maybe I'll try this yeah. as well. Try to compare it. I, I really liked Ignoble in my in my Ponza build. And it's, it was one of those situations where I was doing really well. And I'm not seeing it appear in leagues. So I want to try to grind a league or two to see if I can prove it. Makes sense. Is this the first deck we've seen with four Ragavan? Yeah. I think it that's is. That's amazing. And we're like 70 in? Yeah. Yep. 70 About in. Tuhina had four Ragavan. Okay. That's the next deck. Mossy 9950 is this, on Blue Moon. Is this Blue Moon? This is Blue Moon. It's got Blood Moons and Counter Spells and Cryptic Commands. And importantly, three Murktide Regent and four Counter Spells. So cool. See, I'm much, I'm much more into Murktide Regent in this deck, I feel like, than I am in some of the other ones where people play it with, you know, like I said, Dragon's Raid Channeler or in that kind of prowessy kind of build. Like, I feel like as a big dumb threat in this deck where you can play it for two mana and protect it with a bunch of counter spells and win, that seems pretty good to me. But what do you think, Stan? I agree. I, I love the I love the use of Thought Scour here instead of something like Serum Visions. Mm-hmm. It's a way to both fuel your Murktide Regent, but also Ral is a really great win con that can remove creatures eventually with its minus three, especially if you have a nice big graveyard. So there's... And, and there's no tension there because Ral counts cards in exile as well. Mm. Yep. All right. Onward. All right. We got Neptune with an Azorius Ephemerate. We're going to skip that. We got an Elvish Reclaimer Titan build. So this is our first primetime build with with uh, Saga, I'm assuming. Yes. Yep. So have Saga, yes. Guess what, everybody? They're running Saga in Titan. Which basically enables a turn three Amulet of Vigor, which enables a turn three Titan very frequently, is my understanding. Yeah, and this is a through the breach version. Ooh, oh, as well. Wow. Okay, they got it all going on here. <laughs> Anybody have any thoughts about this other than watch out for constant turn three titans from now on? I haven't played against Titan yet. I'm surprised because Titan people love playing Titan. Uh, I'm sure I will soon. Because I'm, I'm. Here, here's the thing, y'all. I mean, this is an hour and fifty minutes into the episode. I am loving playing modern again. Yeah, it's it's so exciting. It's so fun. Agreed. Like, man, it's nice to take a break from arena. I uh, I have been so busy in my life. I haven't been able to do much, but I'm so I'm excited to hear you guys say that. So I'm glad to get in. Yeah, modern rules. But on this deck that we're talking about, it has a couple of foundation breakers in the sideboard, which is a card we didn't really talk about during spoiler season because it looked like limited fodder. But as I look closely, I wonder if it's just a solid sideboard card. Yeah, a lot of a lot of evoke. A lot of decks that want to cast the creatures type thing are using like they're like they're liking the evoke. I'm seeing a lot more ingot chewers than I have in a long time. Yeah, it's because of the um, it's because of like Vengevine and yeah, stuff like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Patatina on Rakdos Shaga, uh, Rakdos Shadow with some Dalthy Voidwalkers and Ragavan Shadow and Ragavan, two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Monkey Shadows. Yeah, Monkey Shadows Voidwalker. Why not for some extra scary value? And also, to sh- don't forget Dalthy Voidwalker is a three-two unblockable, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget it has Luris in the sideboard too, so we're doing that whole thing. Yeah. 
Seems sweet. Also, Batuina could win with a ham sandwich, so take it as that might be. Okay. All right. We're going to go even faster now. Lemon grind? No. <laughs> Skelemental? Let's slow it down. Stan? It's, it's just red, black, <laughs> mid-range with Skelementals. It's got Ragavans, though. This is the Ragavan section of the podcast. You played with Ragavan, right? Stan, did you say? or? Yeah, I, play, I, I played it in Domain in the, in the Zoo deck, and it was cool. It's cool on turn one. It's cool with Dash. It's got little goggles. What's a little bit annoying is that the dash trigger happens at your end step, so you can't use the treasure token to recast the same Ragavan. Something to think about mm. if you're trying to do that. Yeah, that would be broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that card certainly is not. The, the treasures are very real, and being able to cast cards from your opponents is awesome and happens a lot. And it happens more often than you might realize just because the CMC of modern on average is so low that it's really easy to sometimes even cast like worthwhile one drops. I grabbed someone's Aether Vial and it was awesome. It was just like, great. Now my Domain Zoo deck also has Aether Vial. It didn't. Up next, Angel Duffa on. Again. Another Angel Duffa, Angel Luffa deck. Yeah, this time they're playing Lantern Control. Multiple Lantern decks. Yeah, this one yeah. has Urza Saga. Uh, I think the other one did too. No, this is this is this person five would with two different builds of the same deck. Yeah, and so they both came up here, so they were just different enough from yeah, each other. Yeah, they've got some Dothy Voidwalkers on the side. Yeah, let's move on. We'll keep it going. Yep. W O T C Andrew W B on Mardu Reanimator. What do you think you get to five O because you work at Watsy? Come on, Andrew W B. They probably changed their winning record. And, or sorry, Andrew B. This deck is weird. Like it's like a mashup of like Mardu Reanimator, but then also it's like an Electro Dominance and Crashing Footfalls thing. And then like yeah, I don't know. It's 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 all over the place. I don't know how it wins exactly. It's got like some Bone Shards. It's got some Fatal Push. And I don't know. Cool. Yeah, it's it's like a pile of good cards, and it's another one with Persistent Unmarked Grave working together. I love Bone Shards. I think we'll see more of that card. Same. All right. Kadoon. Hammer time. DC. Hammer time. Withers a Saga. Weird. Weird that <laughs> Surprise. you want more affinity for artifacts type stuff in your... Oh, wait. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. It grabs your Colossus right. Hammer in this deck. <laughs> hey, thanks for that note. Onward. S- slay it with roses. Domain Zoo. Already talked about it. LTL Dude 123. Seltai Urza Artifact his uh synergy yeah that's my that's my name for it <laughs> this one know. has lanus crypto zoologist as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah it does a new card that we didn't really talk about as well as chatterfang squirrel general yes but what are we really talking about this with this deck upheaval LTL dude we are talking about this is an upheaval what is deck. what is a correct what, uh, what do you do with the upheaval huh what am i missing you make a whole bunch of mana, yeah, and then you cast upheaval, and then you replay as many cards as you can with the mana oh. that you had floating. But if, to me, this looks like a token creation deck, which is why I don't get the yeah. upheaval. Like it's a token, it's a token combo deck, right? You're making treasures, and then you replay your stuff. Oh, I like basically. it. Yeah, sounds great. So, or you or you tap your artifacts with Urza, you know, because you made a food or or whatever. Because with Academy Manufacturer and Urza. When Academy Manufacturer makes three tokens, suddenly you have three Sapphire Moxes. Uh, I think Mana Symbol has been streaming this deck, so check out their channel, their Twitch channel, to see what it's about. Nice. Okay. Ant- Antoine57437. Um, what are they on? Bant Blink. Uh, Bant Blink gets some two to upgrades in the side. It also has like what, Imperial Recruiters is four color Blink. 
Yep, just a little bit though. It's only playing one solitude. It's got Imperial Recruiter inside. All right, it's, it's blinking. Uh, Barizzle on Green Elves. You get the idea of what Green Elves is doing. Is adding uh, Corian Ranger and doing cool stuff. Still Ranger. Uh, Bubsy. I love that PlayStation game. Uh, Grixis Death Shadow with Ragavan. Uh, what do you need with a Ragavan? Like you get you if like in a deck like this, you have early removal and early disruption to get your Ragavans through. And I got to tell you, I didn't really think that Ragavan would be alongside Shadow, but it makes some sense. Yeah, yeah. More, Sometimes yeah. you just need something early because you're like, well, my my life's still really high. What else am I doing? Right. All right. Golgari Food by Villa Boy. All right. This is like the closest to what we played, right? I don't think there's any Hollow Vine decks in this list. Yeah, that's super weird to me that there isn't. Uh, I probably wouldn't have played it that much if I, there was. But this deck. Oh, the reason the reason why is there's one that's like a Hollow Crab Vine later and it messed us up. Ah, uh, okay. So this deck is the Feasting Troll King version of the food Asmo deck that was floating around towards the beginning of last week or towards the beginning when when the cards were available. Yeah. It does seem to have fallen a little bit out of favor. You know, p- Originally, people were doing the bartered cow thing, and now they're not really doing that anymore. So, but Because everybody's kind of focused on Oval Chase Daredevil as being the card that's the right discard payoff at this point. Yeah. This has four Finale of Devastation. Yes. So Doomwake has been doing that quite a bit, is my understanding uh, from his Twitter. Cool. Good card. Weird. I think we're going to be back to do a legit dive down on this whole archetype of these cards, because it feels like this is still really important to this new emerging uh, modern. Uh, MTGO player M. Hayashi uh, (laughs) on uh, Whitehammer with nothing new. I don't think. Actually, so four Sanctifier on Vec. Yes. Main. Next up, Logic is back. Underscore Logic with humans, with Esper Sentinel, Prelates. Cool. Pass. It's still humans. It's still good. I like the I like the Lavinia on the side for all the Cascade shenanigans and Evoke shenanigans. All right, we have 15 decks to get through still, Shane. Are we doing all of these, or are we going to skip a bunch? We gotta, we're skipping all like right. four. You take us. Okay, uh, Doomwake. Weird. Speaking of. Um, speak of the Doomwake. On Is it Delver? This is legit Is it Delver with four actual Delver, four Dragon Raid Challenger, cha- Channeler, four Murktide Regent, and two Subtly. If you want to delve or do Delvey type, if you want to literally delve and cast Delver of Secrets, uh, Doomwake has a list for you. Yeah, don't sleep on the fact that there's four Counterspell and three Unholy Heat in this list as well. And these are legitimate cards. This is like This is identifying good cards. Uh, perhaps I don't know what their thoughts on Murktide Regent are. Yeah, this also looks really similar to Legacy is a Delver right now. They've also started yeah. playing Dragon Rage Channeler and Murktide Regent, though they're running Ragavan, and I wouldn't be surprised if we get there too. Yeah, I love the story. A lot of times, where people are, you know, you know how it is. Like where they're like, well, you can play one mana threats more more uh, powerfully in Legacy because there's less spot removal than there is in Modern. But like Ragavan's still pretty good, as we're seeing in other decks. So. Uh, Saffron Olive, weird. Who's that? Um, this is the closest thing actually to the the Hollow Vine deck that I think Dave, both you and I played this week. Yes. Uh, this one has the Bartered Cow tech that has and Feasting Troll King, which were not in my deck. Uh, doesn't have this. This has the Blazing. This doesn't have Blazing Rewall. Yes, it does. Okay, so this is just kind of like the do Hollow Vine stuff, but you also have Blazing Rootwalla and you know uh, Asmo and the Underworld Cookbook. And I had a lot of fun playing this deck this week. Yeah, uh, it's a yeah. blast. What this deck has that the other deck that we played. Uh, so what our deck had was we have Ox had Ox of Agonis, yes. and we had Phoenix, and we had the um, 
the discard one two like the one mana menace. Oh yeah, insolent insolent neonate, a singleton flame wake phoenix, and uh, yeah, like you said, a few ox of agonis, which I think is a is nice tech. So I don't know if that's the right build, but it is a lot of fun to play Hollow One again. Yeah, I think it's good. It's good. It's good for sure. In fact, this as- next deck, Hold On Dodge, is kind of what you're describing. It's as more Vengevine with Hedron Crabs and Oxen. I I cannot imagine that it's worth sp- splashing blue just for the Hedron Crab. I could be wrong. I I just can't imagine. Shane, splashing colors is easy. Always. Always it, worth it. It really is. Okay, Sir Case with Amulet Titan playing Urza Saga and Yavamaya. I think that's all we need to say that. Merc Savage playing Jun Shadow with Dragon Rage Channeler. Yeah, cool. Yeah, more, this is more a aggressive. list that I thought would be around that has turns out it's around. Savok, four-color Cascade Control. A little bit different here. It's got four Shardless, four Fire and Ice, and Obsidian Charma on the side, I think. This one has four Nahiri and Emrakul. I think it's what it's trying to do is trying to control via Cascading into, like, Crashing and Footfalls and then buying enough time to Nahiri up an Emrakul. That's one of your win cons here. Yeah. And, you know, wow. uh, drawing Emrakuls is bad in decks like this, but it has that one Valakin Awakening to put it on the bottom of your library. Do it. <laughs> All right, XX Killer SO1 playing Mono Red Prowess. Yeah. What does it have, importantly? Luris. Or Ragavan. Oh, I mean Ragavan. Yeah, it's got some white for the sideboard cards, but yeah, it's basically Mono Red Prowess with Ragavan. Interesting. I still feel like the white is probably worth having in this deck, but guess we'll see. Okay. Up next, Affinity Blade by Hybrid 7. Rise and Shine in here. One in a blue. It's kind of like you're in Soul Sorcery. Interesting. Four Counterspell as well. Four Nettlesist. Four. Yeah, they just went for all of those. Four Glintness Crane. This is four Edge Champion. This is like your affinity metalcraft. Like, I want indestructible stuff wearing like a Batter Skull type thing. Like, this is a this is the, the yeah combo control type thing. Lots of bridges as well. This, this was another card that had sideboard blossoming calms, by the way. Yep, it sure did. Nailed it. Interesting. All right, four decks to go. Itaku, one on black-white reanimator. Another one with the Stoneforge. Three Stoneforge, just sort of a slightly different build doing that thing. And Ephemerate. Yeah, doing the Ephemerate. So it does have both Dark Confidant and Archon of Cruelty. Wow. Ooh, <laughs> that probably, okay. That probably hurts. I am, I'm reanimating my Dark Confidant all the time. All right, I think we can skip Verma Helen on Burroughs Taxes featuring Yurion. Similar to what we discussed. This one has Esper Senatals and Imperial Recruiters. Yep. We can skip Sawput Boy on Devoted Devastation. There's no new cards in this. So the last one we have is Kadoon Yek on a 5-0, which is Titan. Selesnia Titan. Selesnia Titan. No Urza's Saga, because it doesn't have your amulet. But it's got uh, it's got Titania. Yeah, I'm glad we're ending with this deck, because... This is like our only cool Titania Titan to great taste that tastes great together. As you said, Dave, it's got that, you know, Carnegie Creator, Dryad, Reclaimer, Excavator kind of loops. Like, you know, you get El- El- Domri's Call to get necessary tools. Karn, you get your Wishboard for your Zurin Orb combo type thing. I think this is this is a cool deck that we'll see, I think, iterations on. All right. Yeah. Somehow we did it. We should... We should spend 60 seconds. Takeaways, surprises, and what do you think might be the, the current best deck in the format? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't think I played against enough legitimate decks. I played against a surprising amount of like old decks or just like stuff that wasn't that different. 
Like I'm putting us like soul sisters with like a Johnny's pride mate, my friends. Yeah, I know that made you really upset. Yeah, they won. That's why. That deck is always around. Yeah, it always will be. Uh, I know. I think I'm really excited. I'm excited to play to keep playing modern. I like when I was saying in chat with you all was like, I want to test this deck and this deck and this deck, and I have no time for it. I'm like, man, I wish we could talk about eight different decks today. But you know, I think it's it's we talked about uh, what like eighty seven. Remember we did a hundred decks for for our hundredth episode. Kind of felt like that again. It did, didn't it? <laughs> really surprised and impressed by how many stone blade decks there were, and it's just like, yeah. let's just blank. Why? I, I think it's because Ephemerate is like the new best white card in the format. People love stone blade. Well, and also plus uh, with solitude and grief. You know, there seemed like there was a lot that centered on that whole idea of it's Stoneforge and Ephemerate and Solitude and Grief, and then build flavor to taste from there. Stan, what are you going to play this week? Uh, well, I definitely need to try Kyrian Ranger and Modern. Um, I definitely need to try Stoneforge uh, with Grief. I haven't cast a Grief yet. I feel like playing Asmore is important for a holistic understanding of what's happening in Modern right now, but that deck just doesn't look that interesting to me. So maybe I'll let you guys handle it until we have to do a proper deck dive and I'm forced to play it. Yeah. How about you, Dave? What are you trying to play? I'm probably going to try this Delver deck. Which one? I'm probably going to try the Doomwake list that we saw. I'm probably going to try our... Uh, you know, I'm going to go back to Blue-Red. I'm going to do... Maybe I'll try the Mono Red Phoenix list that uh, Everett shared out on Twitter a little bit before this. I think I'm going to go back to my roots. I'm going to get off the Asmore decks. I like playing Hollow Vine, but I think I'll probably hit pause for a little bit. I didn't do that great with it last night, so... You know what it does. Yeah. Should we do a Sleeve Believe Heave next week? Man, I don't know. It's 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 hard to know. Like It's 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 super dynamic time, and like it's really hard to focus on three decks, but maybe things will start coalescing around like certain power tiers, so... But that's a good reason to do Sleeve Believe Heave, because we get to do whatever we want and just rate it. Yeah, why limit ourselves to three decks? Let's Let's... Sleep, believe as many decks as we can. Sure. I promise nothing, listeners. Sweet. Yeah, that's right. And with that lack of promises, our show's over. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you get the latest episodes as soon as they come out. And if you use Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. If you'd like to submit a question to the podcast or just reach out, you can tweet us at the dive down, all one word, or email the dive down at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash the dive down join our super secret slack channel get some swag shout out to mana traders for sponsoring our show and making this week's episode possible we got to play with a bunch of cool decks and you can too by signing up for mana traders and if you use promo code the dive down 2021 all one word you'll get 15 percent off your first two months of renting magic online cards and again, thank you to everyone who's been using our promo code lately. We see you. We appreciate it very, very much. As always, special thanks to the bands Nowhere and Spaceblood for letting us use their music. And until next week, get out there and play more modern.